human knee. I've diagnosed some people. I think it's been pretty accurate. Definitely done my fair share of psychiatry work. I've prescribed a few pills, you know. Crime and me. Hello and welcome to this Hello. week's <laughs> <laughs> to this week's episode of Crimeany. We're your hosts, Matt and Ange, and we are stoked to be back. A little Woo! bit rusty, maybe, but whatever. Welcome back to us. Speak for yourself, Rustoleum. Yeah. <laughs> welcome back to everyone else. Thanks for hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, a little rusty. I feel a little oh, the yeah. rust. Oh yeah. Oh oh. What do we do now? Oh um. So I guess we should get right to it. Uh, let's just get to it. Yeah, I just want to say real quick. I appreciate everyone being patient. Um, as I'm sure you all know, there's a sh- housing shortage literally everywhere. So it's really hard to get all my ducks in a row, but working on it. And I also want to mention, and I might do this for a story later on, but I'm not sure because it's, you know, super depressing, but everything is. Um, (laughs) Canada is having some turmoil right now because there have been a bunch of bodies found on Catholic church, Catholic boarding schools, a bunch of indigenous children, indigenous children children have been found. So there are um, Catholic churches are being set on fire because they want recognition for, you know, the pain and suffering that they've caused children and families. And I'm Uh, sure that happened here too. And I just want to acknowledge that, you know, indigenous people are continually, continually, continuously suffering and it's not right. And yeah, um, just recognize of and ruined families and horrible, horrible situations that, I mean, I don't, I don't know the whole situation, like how that came to be, or if they were like, "Here, let us take your kids, and we'll like educate them and give them a better life, or whatever." And then they just murdered them. I'm not sure what was happening, but whatever it was, kids were murdered. Kids and, were uh, taken away from their homes and families. A lot of times, they were stolen, and they were, you know, stripped of their culture and their traditions, and then yeah, murdered. I mean, so it's, it's genocide. It's um, it's yep. horrible. We've yeah. had it here in the U.S. We've had it in Canada. We've had it all over the world, which is unfortunate. But you know, uh, yeah, shape up Catholic Church. <laughs> Ugh, shape up religion in general. Just like knock it off. Anyway, You're not better than anyone else. Yeah, like let yeah, people so live their lives. Like it's not your business. So you're right. Let's let's acknowledge those poor children and the families that were horribly ripped apart because of it. Ugh, something needs to be done. Some, someone, ugh. I know. It's just tragic all around. It's horrible. It's horrible. So on that so, note. Hooray. What a great <laughs> depressing note to start things on. Uh, we're going to get depressing again. So. All right. I got my information from Oxygen.com, USA Today, NewRepublic.com, TheDailyBeast.com. And I also listened to a podcast, so if you want, like, uh, what are they called? Investigative journalists mm. version of this, I would suggest it. It's called The Opportunist, but... Um, the podcast is called The Opportunist? Yeah, and they did, like, a, I think it was, like, a six-parter, and the story Check was like, out. what the fuck? So I'm going to give you kind of, like, the brief rundown, but really, okay. if you want the whole thing, 
listen to it. Okay. So on July 15th, 2017, at 2.38 a.m., a call came into the Pocono Mountain Regional Police Dispatch. Also, I love Pocono. That's such a fun name. Okay. I've never been to the Poconos, but it sounds great. <laughs> I was going to ask, is it plural? Is it is it called Pocono? It, in the article I read, it said Pocono Mountain. I mean, could I mountain and then the Poconos mountains? Maybe it's one Pocono. <laughs> Maybe each Pocono gets a different <laughs> police department. Ah, uh, I don't know. Okay, like I said, I've never been, so I don't know. It's just fun to say. It's so fun to say. I love it <laughs> so much. So I don't love this next part. A woman no. named Barbara Rogers said that she had just shot her boyfriend, Stephen <gasps> Minio, age thirty-two. Uh-oh. On the call with 911, she said, quote, my boyfriend had a gun. He told me to hold it here and press the trigger. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. he's dead. Oh. she Like, you can um, hear part of the call, and it, she's, like, uh-huh. super frantic, and she's just, like, trying to figure yeah. out what just happened. I mean, you held a gun and pulled a trigger. She said they were both <laughs> holding the gun when it went off. Mm-hmm. The police showed up, they handcuff her, they put her in the back of the police car, and then they go into the house to investigate. And they lived in, like, a studio apartment, I believe. It was, like, really pretty small. So they find Stephen's body on the floor by the bed. His, like, ankles were cro- – his legs were crossed to the ankle, so it looked like he was sitting with his legs huh. out and then crossed at the ankle, and then he had just fallen back after he was shot. So he was, like, shot oh, okay. right in the forehead at – close range like the gun you was said, like on his forehead when he was shot sorry you, you said in the bedroom yeah but it's like a studio so it's like the whole uh, the whole the house stu- is a bedroom <laughs> the bedroom the bedroom living room kitchen uh yes. dining room yeah <laughs> okay. all in one <laughs> well and then um in the podcast it was saying something about like that their relationship was kind of weird, but it, like, worked for them, and they, like, lived in this tiny space, and I was like, oh, my God, I've been living in this tiny space. Did you relate? But <laughs> <laughs> someone else, it's like, yeah, of course, you're going to have ups and downs. You're, like, in each other's space, like, literally every day. Yeah, for those not in the know, Angela and her partner have been living in a shoebox <laughs> for the past two years. But at least we have, like, literally a thin in wall a and a door that if I a need thin to... Wall? At least there's that curtain we can pull. It's like I get mad and I go in the bedroom and I can still hear him breathing. And I'm like, God damn it. Which like the bedroom is basically a closet <laughs> that has been turned into a bedroom. But hey, right? it's been working for us. So. It works. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So obviously there, it, like there's blood all over. It was like a 45 caliber gun and like Mm -hmm. I said it was like right in the forehead so you know Uh, splatter. A lot of brain matter everywhere. They took Barbara in and questioned her for seven hours. The entire time she maintained that it was an accident and she said that the gun just went off. So here's what she said. Barbara said earlier that evening she and Steven went to a pub to eat and have a few drinks. They were Mm -hmm. both getting along really well at the time then they got home and Steven got his gun to shoot outside to blow off some steam because he did that often. Wow. Yeah, he fired uh, two. I'm, I'm assuming there's like some property. No, like... no, there isn't. Oh. No, because <laughs> then they like okay. talked to some neighbors and they were like, yeah, we heard some gunshots at like two o'clock in the morning, but we didn't really think much of it and just like went to it's bed. Like typical him like going Apparently, and like, that's shooting what he into liked the to do is like to go shoot his guns. 
So anyway, he fired two shots, and then she said that he made her fire one. He, like, put the gun in her hand and made her fire a shot. So then she did. And then they got back into the house, and at some point, he put the gun into her hand and pressed against his forehead, and he had his hand on the muzzle, and then Mm. she said the gun went off. Like, she doesn't know if he, like, kind of tugged the gun, and then her finger was, like, on the trigger, and it kind of, like pulled or what but somehow the gun but from her account she didn't intentionally squeeze the trigger right it just, it just went she off thought it went off. and also um in the podcast it said that at some point during the night they both did i think i don't know if she did actually but he he did kratom which is technically illegal herb right now and if you do a lot of it it's kind of like heroin effects where you just kind of like nod off and you're not really like in your right mind uh oh is an herb? Yeah, you can buy it at like, uh, like smoke shops and stuff. I would not uh, recommend. <laughs> like how they used to have salvia and stuff at shops. Yeah, you could just like. But I guess. Like, oh, it's natural, and then you do it, and you're like insane. Yeah. <laughs> for like fifteen minutes or something. <laughs> but I guess uh, somewhere they're working on making it illegal. I don't know, but. Mm. Whatever. It's a plant. It's like whatever. So. <laughs> Barbara also said that the pair had recently been ousted from an online cult and that oh. Stephen had become so distressed as a result that he lost his will to live. Uh-oh. But then the police were like, this obviously wasn't a suicide, but she was like, he was like just really distraught. Well, I mean, if you're join- if you're in a cult, and obviously if you're in a cult, you don't think it's a cult, and it's like a lot of people seek them out for like, a, you know, a place to belong and, like, to make friends and to have people that are, like, into the same thing as you. And and if you lose that, that can be devastating. Yeah. Well, and yeah. we'll get more into that. So let's talk a little about, about Stephen. As a teenager, let's. Stephen was really withdrawn. He was, like, introverted and kind of kept to himself. And then when he was 16 years old, his mom left home. Ah. So he felt abandoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she said that his father was abusive, so she just kind of, like, left. But I just, Mm. I don't know. You leave your kids behind with them. I'm not trying to, like, judge, but that sucks for him. Yeah. Then he spent 13 years in an almost entirely online world. Most of his social contact came through message boards, Facebook posts, and YouTube videos as he became devoted to this cult. Uh... I'm guessing you know what the cult is. Yes. So this cult's foundational belief was that a race of sentient, devil-worshipping, shape-shifting reptiles from (laughs) outer space had (laughs) infiltrated human civilization. (laughs) Now, this reptilian belief Uh, is not new. No. It wasn't invented by this cult. It's come from, like, it actually originated in, like, a science fiction writer Uh like wrote books about this and then for some reason people really latched on to the Uh idea and now there's like a large group of people who believe that reptilians are uh leaders of the world i mean it makes sense have you seen mitch mcconnell (laughs) he very well could be an he's a reptile i mean i don't know that he's an alien i just think like some of his dna has got to be like Ugly reptile people or something. Maybe he's just very inbred. Well, that something's too. going yeah, on there. Yeah. No one should look like that. Of, <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So then, 
Through mind control and body snatching, and also cloning, <laughs> these reptilians, um, they, they're apparently like trying to become a totalitarian world government. And they're going to bring about the rule of the Antichrist or the new world order. You know what I don't get about that? These reptile aliens are like so powerful. Why don't they just like wipe out the human race and take over? Well, they don't want to wipe us out. They want to rule us. Oh, well, they do need some like worker bees. Well, and, and also, stuff. like, if this is what you believe, do you believe that like Jesus, because like the Antichrist, that you believe in Jesus, right? And you're like, they're like a Christian. They are like Christian. So do you yeah. believe that Jesus was uh, an alien or is he just like a strong enough son of God to fight the alien? Like, I don't. Well, Jesus was God. So like. So then God created these the aliens an- that the are Antichrist invading. Antichrist is aliens. I just don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's, there's no logic. You can't, you can't have a logical conversation with someone who believes in fairy tales. <laughs> It's not so, and it gets weirder. So the high priestess of Barbara (laughs) and Stephen's sect, Uh the woman who ordered the couple's excommunication, her name is Sherry Schreiner of Carleton, Ohio. I've heard of her. Oh, Sherry is... Sherry sounds special. She gets around. So through blogs, <laughs> self-published ebooks, Twitter, Facebook, and a YouTube channel, the self-ordained messenger of the Most High God. I love when people are like self-taught, self-ordained, self-proclaimed. Yes. It's like, okay. Yes. Well, <laughs> she had like these visions of the apocalypse that she was sharing with uh, her followers. So this is like a doomsday truly. alien reptilian cult. You got to have visions of the end if you're going to have any kind of following well and okay so sherry just a little background on sherry she really wanted to be a journalist and she wanted to be like Mm -hmm. a tv news anchor like that was her dream but then for some reason she went back to ohio and then got married and then had kids so she's like the stay-at-home mom who like goes into her basement at night and records her like talk radio on youtube where she claims Uh. to be the messenger of God. And she called Uh God Yah. And then Jesus was called like Yahushua or something. (laughs) I don't know. So girl, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. (laughs) Yeah. Sherry did. Cause she's a prophet. She said she was a prophet. And then eventually she claimed to be the sister of Jesus. So apparently (laughs) Jesus had 14 sisters and I think a couple brothers and they were all like in heaven, chilling, having a great time. Uh, And then God was like, Oh, Sherry, you need to go down to earth and like help these people. And she was like, okay, I will help them. So. Okay. So she's like the second coming of Jesus, but like Jesus sister form. Yeah. Also did mother Mary know that she like popped out all these kids? Well, I don't think Mary. Does Joseph know that like these, all these kids were like God kids? See, I think, I think God chose different moms. Oh, God okay. is a little bit of a whore. Well, yes, he chooses yes. the different ladies. He you know, in like kind of his like harem or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> he, yeah, he gets around. Look, not and, that anyone's uh, a whore. I hate that word. Was it? But God's if anyone's a, a whore, God's a little bit skanky. He, he likes the ladies. Around. Well, so I don't think he also she... apparently likes little boys, but that's just a whole other thing. Sherry's mom was not Mary. I don't think. 
but she did have a name. I did. I couldn't find the name. Um, but it she, was like Maria. No, she went by like no. She went by like Queen. Oh, Queen Sh- something. Queen that was like kind Sherry. of like Sherry, but it wasn't. It was like a Queen Bible Sheree. Name. <laughs> okay. She also said that she could decode Bible passages to learn more about the impending po- apocalypse. So apparently, in the nineties, when the internet was new. Uh-huh. This guy came up with this like computer program where this algorithm would like decode Bible passages where you like pick a passage and then mm-hmm. you like pick what you want to find in it apparently and then it would be like oh like this is what it means really but then someone like used the program with a phone book and was like you can find the same the shit same thing. in a phone book. Well I was going to say like okay the the problem though with that that I see is the Bible has been translated so many times from its original text. Oh, that's Are what they it, it using... takes, like, the Hebrew and the, like, translated English version and then, like, what you're trying to look for. Okay, well, I wouldn't... I don't see how it would have any... I don't see how the translation would be able to tell you look, much of anything since it's, it's been accurate. so poorly translated. It's completely accurate. But, <laughs> it's completely but if they're real. doing the Hebrew one, like, and... maybe you're getting your made-up code. I mean... I don't know. Well, Sherry bought the program, and she was sharing it with her followers. It sounds like she bought a lot of stuff. She also claimed to be the granddaughter of King David, who's in the Bible. Yeah, well, no one ever is, like, reincarnated as, like, a slave. (laughs) It's like, everyone is like, oh, yeah, my past life, I was, like, Queen Nefertiti. And it's like, well, "Mm, if you're trying to be, like, 30 people were. No, if you're trying to be a cult leader, (laughs) maybe, but. If you do, like, oh, yeah, past life true. regression, you're usually, like, a nobody. Unless you got, like, a really big ego, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I am. Uh-huh. Anyway, I, I won't go into that with the excited, you know, <laughs> believe in it. But I do, but whatever. Okay. It can be healing. Even if you don't believe you've had past lives, it could still be a healing experience. Anyway. Mm-hmm. She also claimed that a substance called orgone could be used to kill zombies and reptilian oh. aliens of the New World Order attempting to take over the world. So do you know Organite? Yeah. So it's, like, basically crystals that people put in, like, a resin, and you can, like, kind of shape them, or you can, like, form them. I mean, I've seen some really pretty Organite, but there's some that's just, like, or it looks like a kindergarten school project. But yeah. I guess Organite was invented by – or no, sorry – Oregon was invented by a guy named Wilhelm Reich, like a long time mm-hmm. ago. He was a, um, a psychiatrist, and he was a contemporary of Freud. And he was like really, he was really revered for a long time. And then he like came to the U.S. and then he like invented Oregon or like put it together. And then he kind of went a little nutso, and then spent the rest like the end of his life in prison. And then <laughs> uh-huh. some guy. Some guy uh, copyrighted the term organite, so he's the only one that's allowed to use the term organite. And Sherry, like, wrote to him and was like, hey, let's team up because, like, organite can, like, save the world. And he was like, uh, no, I got a good thing going. And then after that, she was like, oh, his organite is dead orgone energy, where mine is, like, positive orgone energy, so you have to, like, buy my organite. God. Or orgone. So conveniently, she sold it. Uh, she also told people how to make it themselves. So with her orga- with her orgone, you need like clear quartz crystals, uh, different metals, 
uh, fiberglass resin, and then copper wire has to go in a clockwise direction. Uh-huh. So you can make your own zombie reptilian blasters. Is, okay. Is it like a repellent? Like you carry it in your pocket and it just keeps them away? Yeah. Or? So... So you kind of like, so she, she would say like, okay, you know how you like pray all day. It's kind of like annoying to have to pray all day. And then you have to like come up with your like perfect prayers so that you don't forget anything or whatever. But if you wear the org orgone, it's like a constant prayer. So you don't have to like be on guard all the time. And also mm. like it, it will protect you because it can like kill zombies and reptilians. So it's like a protector. <laughs> and then if you put it like all around your house, like you should bury it in like different parts of your house. So then the Whoa. reptiles can't come in. And then she also had these things called orgone blasters where you get like a bucket and you fill it up with orgone and then you put like a, I think a copper pipe that like goes up to the ceiling or not up to the ceiling, sorry, that points up to the sky. And apparently that will get rid of chemtrails and protect your house and also prevent uh, aliens from landing their UFOs. And... Uh so she's telling people how to make it, but I'm assuming she's also selling it. She is also these. selling it, yes. Because, yeah, if you need, like, 13 for your house, every pocket you have needs one, your car yeah. needs one, your, like, shoes need them. Well, and originally when she started, it didn't seem like she was making, like, a whole lot of money off of her cult. Because basically the only way she was making money was selling this orgone. And she, like, mm -hmm. gave people the recipe so they could make it themselves. And she would make it in uh, cupcake tins. So they looked like mm -hmm. little, like like little pucks of Oregon or whatever. So it didn't really seem like, I mean, it just seemed kind of more like, oh, she's like this bored mom at home who just needs like attention. Yeah, project. Because she wanted to, to be like on TV, but hobby. that didn't happen. So now she's like the reporter of the apocalypse. That, but she still has that drive to like be in front of people and yeah. be important and like be someone telling people important news so that they can like, be informed well and as we all know power corrupts so it goes from like you know oh, a mom yeah. being like in her basement like oh i decoded these passages to her becoming like the sister of jesus and whatever the <laughs> yeah. other thing about her is she didn't put her face on anything like when she did her radio show and youtube videos like it would not show her face because hmm. she thought that if you put your face out there then it's easier to be attacked i mean yeah, you could be targeted because people recognize you for sure. That's legit. But I don't know if she's talking about being attacked by reptiles and zombies. Yeah, like spiritually attacked and then like cloned. Okay. Uh, and then I she mean, told so all her she... followers to like change all of their like Facebook pictures of themselves to like avatars and to just like not show their faces ever. So you're borrowing a little bit from the Amish? She borrows bit, from like, everyone. Soul stealing from photos and stuff? Well, then she gets okay. mad at someone and then calls them like a reptilian and then takes their <gasps> ideas and they're like, it's just like, they're doing it the wrong way, but this is the right way. Wow. So she had 19 websites that she was oh running. Oh God. As well as a radio show that was Sherry Talk Radio and her YouTube pages. And Sherry told her followers that reptilians wearing skin suits were coming to kill them. And it was all part of a plan. She said, celebrities, news announcers, even people in commercials, everybody you see on TV, about 90% is a clone or a synthetic robotoid. Robotoid. And then she'd like put pictures of celebrities that kind of like, you know, like didn't weren't the most flattering pictures and then she'd be like see this is their like skin suit glitching or <laughs> like you could tell they have like dead eyes or whatever I don't know 
Again, Mitch McConnell, I have seen his skin like sloughing off. I mean, that was like all the proof that she would need is just like all the pictures yeah. of him. He doesn't take a single flattering picture <laughs> ever, I don't think. Um, so, okay, she's got like 19 websites and a YouTube thing and like this is a making full-time all job. these little pucks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just assume she's like in her basement like 20. 20- when is she being a mom? She's a mom all day, and then at night, she just, like, stays up all hours of the night to do her, like... She's just, like, not ever sleeping. Yeah, and I guess her husband was, like, not involved in this at all. That uh, sounds like it. But I think I think her one of her daughters, at least, became kind of, like, a supporter and a believer. Well, there's got to be one. So, her videos got, like, altogether, her videos got more than 3 million views, Wow. And more than 20,000 subscribers. Now, some of those just, views could have just been like, this bitch is crazy, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. But still, they're views, so they pump your numbers up, mm-hmm. and then you're, like, on the front page. Wow. Sorry. And then her followers would often get together on her Facebook page, and she would post, like, multiple times a day, probably, like, her conspiracy theories, and they would interact with each other, and they... So most of the people in her following never met each other, but they would just uh-huh. communicate like constantly on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Shriner took an interest. Their, like, oh. They talk about like their reptile sightings and stuff. Yeah. And, like, and their Oregon, whatever, oh like God. check out my recipe or I don't know. Oh God. I guess Fresh like if you want to make money, you want to make money, you got to like find a bunch of gullible people and then like no, sell them a story. No, you can't exploit people. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, it seems like in all these stories that we tell about people, like, it's like, this stuff is insane, but obviously she's got, like, a good following, like, a good amount of people are like, I, that's totally true, well, like, I had an experience. So, part of part of that is, I don't know if I talk about this later, but part of that is, like, people who are very fearful, especially around things like death, like, people who mm. are really afraid of death, really grasp on to people who are like here's the here's the thing that's going to happen after you die 100 percent. this is what's going to happen this is what it looks like this is what heaven feels like like this is 100 percent what's going to happen after you die so people who have that like major fear of death because it's an unknown right i was just going to say it's actually it's it's less uh, about the fear of death and more about the unknown people want answers they want to know what to expect so she gives them like the certainty that you know and then she also plays on their fears by being like constantly like okay the world is going to end the world's Mm going to end get your oregon like it's going to be a disaster (laughs) like the aliens are going to come down they're going to like murder us all you know it's just like a doomsday cult on your tinfoil hats yeah so you have people in fear at all times it's really easy to kind of like get them off kilter enough where yeah. you can tell them anything and they're like, oh my God, well, when you're in that state of fear, That's you know, true. you're not thinking clearly. Yep. So uh, Sherry took an interest in Stephen and she kind of became like a surrogate mother figure for him because his own mother like abandoned him at a crucial right. time in his life. So he was kind of like always looking for a mother. And he's like on the computer all day. And she's like, I basically like, oh, I'm the sister of Jesus. Like, I can help you. And she kind of took him under her wing, too, even though they never met in person. And she kept a lot of her, like, life details secret from everyone. But he began building blogs for her, and then she would counsel him. Hmm. So sometime in 2011, Stephen and Barbara found each other online through Sherry's like ideology 
and Barbara became Stephen's first girlfriend. Oh, uh-oh. Barbara was a little bit older than Stephen. She was honorably discharged from the military. I think that she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Uh. And so she she still got like a pension or whatever from the military and he didn't yeah. like have a job or anything and he they just kind of like moved in together and he kind of like like relied on her so she also became a bit Whoa. of like a mother figure for him because she was a bit older but then also you know like first girlfriend thing so i don't know and but then he's like i mean this is like what he's like in his t- late 20s uh yeah i think so no, Week. early 20s. Let's see. 2017, he was 32, minus six years, like mid-20s, early mid-20s. Okay. Eh, I don't know. That's a lot to go from, like, I spend all my time on my computer by myself, and then you meet someone and move in with them. Well, I don't know how soon they moved in together. I think that they were, like, talking online for a while, and then... I mean, he, they both like, uh, they both ended up calling each other like husband and wife and they, they never like officially got married, but they, I don't know. She said that he was like the love of her life and he said that she was like the perfect woman for him and that he had been like praying for the perfect woman. And then she came and Mm, according to them, they, I mean, you know, they had like some issues. They were living in a tight, well, because originally they were living he was from New Jersey, and then I think they moved in together. I don't remember where. And then he wanted to move to the Poconos because it was more isolated there. And he thought, like, when the apocalypse comes, he wanted to be out of the city. So they were, like, mm-hmm. super isolated. Neither one of them worked. They're just, like, inside all the time on the computer. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So they rented their studio in Tobihana and... They lived like hermits, but their relationship worked for them. Like Barbara was a very introverted person anyway. She was like pretty shy and Steven was like, his life was on the computer anyway and he was kind of withdrawn too. So So it works. It worked. Uh, But then everything went wrong starting in April, 2017. Well, I mean, it was wrong the whole time, but (laughs) in Mm -hmm. April 7, 2017, (laughs) Barbara posted a photo of steak tartare on Facebook. And then she wrote, this is the best thing ever with cut up minced garlic. Sherry took this to mean that Barbara was not human, but a reptilian (gasps) occultist. She said, that means she's into ingesting blood. What? She wrote this on Steak Facebook. Tartare? Yeah. Eating raw <laughs> hamburger is a symbol that you are part of the vampire succubus societies. <laughs> Barbara is a witch. Ah. I can confirm that at this point. What, what Christian girl goes around ingesting raw hamburger meat? Uh, obviously someone who likes a delicious meal. She also said when the demon manifested in her... If it was the demon or a lizard, she if she had both, a human's no match for that kind of supernatural strength. I mean, I feel like the garlic would have kept away the demons and the <laughs> lizards. And well, shouldn't the say vampire. Are demons afraid devils. of? I mean, mm, it. You know, it's probably frowned upon to have garlic breath when you're trying to be 
when a demon's trying to. I mean, I take feel like it's usually frowned upon to have garlic breath, which I don't know why I love garlic. So I like always have garlic <laughs> breath, <laughs> and I think it's lovely. <laughs> but well, but you've never been abducted by aliens or demons, so see, there you go. So that's right. It's like a protective factor. Yeah. Have you ever you got eaten your so organite much- and your pocket, and you got your garlic on your breath? Have you ever eaten so much garlic that you can like smell it for days? <laughs> Yes, like you just like definitely taste garlic. I went to the stinking rose, (laughs) and I ate like the what's it called the when they just like like uh, roasted bulb of garlic. Roast the bulb, and then you just like yeah, you just like eat all at that, and then I had like a garlic based like pasta, and then like garlic bread, and I like sweated garlic for like a week. (laughs) It was really bad. (laughs) My girlfriend at the time like basically would not be around me the whole time <laughs> whatever you're keeping the vampires away that's what i said yeah. i was like i'm protecting everyone yeah calm down <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good okay so mm-hmm. uh so sherry okay obviously like so Sherry's attacking barbara like on facebook and yeah. steven is like hurt by this because this is like you know his first girlfriend like the love of his life being attacked by his like surrogate mother on facebook yeah. and he's like i don't know why you're saying these things like she's not a demon we live together i would know if she's a demon like yeah but sherry she didn't approve of the relationship uh, she said mm. that, quote, Rogers was turning Stephen into an animal. She pulled away, pulled him away from those who cared about him. So apparently Sherry did this often. She didn't like mm. people getting in relationships because that would like affect her power over them. Even right, though she's not number one anymore. Yeah. She's yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then even though like Barbara was at first like kind of a follower, she mm-hmm. didn't like this. Ate some steak tartare and was like, fuck y'all. Well, I think she was looking for an excuse like the whole time. Cause she didn't like the fact that, that Barbara and Steven were together because Steven was like, you know, under her control. Yeah. So she didn't want Barbara in the picture at some point <laughs> after the whole tartare incident, when Sherry was, like, all mad at him, Stephen started to question some of Sherry's theology. He had some questions about, like, the Oregon stuff, and he, Uh because he was, like, if she's really, like, all-knowing, like, she would know that Barbara's not a demon. Like, if she, if this Oregon is really that powerful, like, I have a bunch of it, a demon wouldn't be able to come into our house, you know? like Right. Oh, yeah. So then, like, so is it powerful? Is she a demon? Then this stuff isn't working. Mm-hmm. And then you start questioning, and that's bad for business. That's really bad. It's <laughs> really bad. Uh, oh, I did. Okay, so I wrote a bit about the Oregon, about William mm-hmm. Rake's claims that Oregon energy is omnipresent and accounts for such things as the color of the sky, gravity, <clears throat> galaxies, oh. the failure of most political revolutions, and uh-huh. a good orgasm. Wow, that's a big that's a big claim for this ma- made up shit. Yeah, <laughs> he also claimed that it would like cure like cancer and stuff. So Uh-oh. in 1957, he was serving a federal prison sentence for criminal contempt contempt 
uh, when he he died in prison because oh. he refused to obey injunctions against selling Oregon shooters, which were supposed to dilute Oregon energy, the oversaturation of which believers blame for a bunch of ailments. Oh, man. Okay. So like I said, uh, Sherry sold her own Oregon shooters, which she could buy through her website. She claimed that the shooters would kill aliens and repel demons and... Are you calling shooters just the little, like... The little pucks. Muffin things? Yeah, the little muffin. Oregon muffins. <laughs> so they, the basic ones, like the, like the standalone ones, sold for $34 plus shipping. Damn. And then she had a GoFundMe campaign which oh she launched in 2014 apparently she raised more than $150,000 Jesus supposedly to support her like investigations but really it probably just went into her little pocket uh yeah well I don't know her pocket's full of Oregonians so like <laughs> you gotta like yeah but like is she actually wearing it and carrying it around or is it just like what she's you telling everyone else to do practice what you preach right huh Got to practice what you preach. No, you don't. Pockets full of Oregonians. You don't, especially if you don't even know your own followers. And the only time that they have access to you is on your talk radio show that you put on YouTube at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's true. And they don't even know what you look like. so They don't know anything about you. <laughs> and they Yikes. believe you. Yep. Well, Okay. humans were very gullible. <laughs> so one of... One of Steven's friends thought that maybe Sherry did the whole, like, demon thing to get them to break up and that so that Steven would, like, return to her uh, yeah. without Barbara around. And right. apparently the friend said that this was, like, if – this is, like, her MO. Like, if anyone went against her, then she would claim that they were a reptilian and that they were, like, no good and everyone needs to shun them immediately. Yeah. She said she runs her circle with an iron fist because if you do not believe in what she's teaching, she's like, that's fine, but you're at risk of not going to heaven if you don't believe what I'm saying. <laughs> do whatever you want to do, but you're fucked if you don't follow me. Uh -huh. so. But go ahead. Do your thing. Uh -huh. Eat your bloody meat. It's fine. <laughs> you're just uh, not going to enjoy the afterlife is all. I just feel like steak tartare is kind of dangerous to eat. Mm, not if it comes like fresh. That's because you're a demon. Yes. I'm a reptile demon who likes a bloody piece of meat with fresh garlic. Mmm, chef's kiss. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Stephen's crisis of faith deepened after Sherry's community took her side and like came after them. They sent Stephen and Barbara like threatening Facebook posts and messages. And Stephen made a series of videos on his own YouTube channel, which he said that Sherry was a fraud. And in a final statement, he uploaded four days before his death. He said that members of the cult were mentally sick. Mm, yep. I mean, he was like, he believed in Sherry till the end. Like he was so hurt by what, by what she was saying about Barbara and like what she was doing that he thought like he, he should fight back. But then, you know, her followers are so entrenched that there's no way they were going to take his side ever. So the threats that ensued ranged from followers threatening to drink 
Barbara's blood or feed her to their queen. And eventually, <coughs> some followers sent Stephen and Barbara photos of their home, uh, which is terrifying. Yeah, like we know where you live. Yeah. And ugh. so Barbara was urging Stephen to like get off the computer and like get away from these people, but his whole life was like around this and. If Sherry was, like, denying him access to heaven and he was kind of, like, she's wrong. Like, she she's judging, like, this person who's a good person and she's, like, wrong and she's, like, hypocritical. And then he started talking to this other of Sherry's followers who was, like, ousted. And this guy was, like, close to Sherry. He actually would go to her house for dinner and mm. they would go on, like, these Oregon trips that I'll get into in a little bit. But, uh... He was ousted because Sherry, like, wrote this book about how she's, like, Jesus' sister, and he, she said that it had, like, all these answers to the universe and, like, whatever. Jesus' sister, Jesus. And then, <laughs> and then she was, like, really pushing to sell it, and then the her friend was like, this isn't like you. Like, you shouldn't be selling stuff. Like, you're not doing this to make money. Like, this is wrong. You shouldn't be trying to make money off of people. Mm. And then she got mad at him about it, and then she was like, you're a reptilian. And then she yep. like excommunicated him. And then he made videos where he was like, he like goes outside and shows his like orgone blasters. And he was like, if I'm a reptilian, like how can I stand right next to these blasters? Like wouldn't Ooh, I shit. like disip- I don't even know what would happen. Wouldn't I? I would just like be wouldn't blasted be blasted away. Yeah. And then he was like really upset about it. And then he he was like, I gave her like so many years of my life of like friendship, and you know we went on these trips together. And then she just like ousted me. And he was, like, really mad. And then, so he had been ousted, like, a year before Stephen, I think. So then Stephen reached out to him while he was, like, on the outs. And he was, like, we need to expose Sherry. Like, I know that, I know you're not a demon or a reptilian or whatever. I know that Sherry's, like, wrong. I know Barbara's not a demon or reptilian. Like, we need, like, give me some dirt on her, basically. I'm going to, like, share it with everyone. And Well, especially as, like, someone that, like, was equally as close to her as Stephen. Because I could see, like, at first... I don't know, like, you're getting kind of ousted, and it's like, what the hell? Like, who do I go to? Who do I believe? And then you're like, oh, this person who, like, had even a deeper relationship with the person who I consider to be my mom, basically. Yeah. And they went through, like, a similar thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but then by this time, the guy, he had, like, cooled down about it all, and he was like, look, man, like, she's going to do what she's going to do. I don't like, I don't listen to her radio show anymore. I don't engage with her. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be, you know, if you're angry, he says something about like, if you're angry, that just like leaves you vulnerable for like psychic attack or whatever. But I mean, if you're angry, it leaves you vulnerable for like other things, you know? So he's just like, he's just like, get some space from it. And like with time, you know, cool down. And I'm like a year out of this. You're like freshly in this. Just know that like, just like let it go basically. But well, there's, like, a lot of, like, unlearning to do, and, like, of course you're going to feel, like, distraught, like, everything that you were living for and putting your, you know, as goals and, like, building towards your, like, this is all fake. Well, yeah. I've been lied to. Well, and apparently, like, people who are in cults, like, you know, they're the people who help deprogram people from cults. Yeah. And this one guy was saying that it takes, like, usually three to four days of, like, eight-hour, like, deprogramming sessions to get people to even, like, start to question Mm -hmm. what they're doing. And a lot of times, like, the ones who actually 
get away from the cults, have like family support to be like, we're here for you, you know? And Steven had like no support. Like that was his whole life. That whole community was his whole life. Yeah. I mean, Barbara being like, you know, get off the computer. But like those were his friends. That was his family who are now like threatening him. And he's just like, he didn't understand why. Right. I don't know. It's just like awful. So yeah. on the day of Stephen's death, he got into an online feud with two of Sherry's followers. Barbara saw how like distraught he was. So she's like, let's just go get a drink and, and eat some food. And we'll just like kind of, you know, get away from it. So they went out and then they stayed until close. And when they returned home, Stephen took out his Glock handgun and put it into Barbara's hands. She said that he knelt on the floor and guided it to his forehead. And she said that I tried talking, talking him out of it and I begged him to get up. But Stephen was still like really religious, even as he was like out of the cult. But he believed that if he had died by suicide, that he wasn't going to go to heaven, that he'd go to hell. Right. So yeah. he ordered Barbara to pull the trigger for him because he couldn't do it because he didn't want to go to hell. Oh, good. Let's get our let, let's get our girlfriend in on murdering me, and then have her go to prison for like me. But it just kind of shows like the state myself. of mind that he was in, where he's just like not grounded in reality at all. He doesn't realize what's oh, going to yeah. happen to Barbara. Yeah, I mean, none of this is grounded in reality. Well, so yeah. like. Uh, for the past however long he's been following this woman, he's been in La La Land. <laughs> right. And then I guess there was evidence that when when the gun went off or when she pulled the trigger or whatever, the casing didn't discharge, which means that he oh. had his hand on the muzzle. Like, he actually did have his hand on the muzzle because oh, the thing couldn't, couldn't kick back out. and pop out. Interesting. So that was proof that, like... I wonder if they found, like, burn mark or something on his hand from the heat of that i don't know i don't i don't think that they did because the prosecution argued that that she just like did it in cold Uh, blood yeah but the defense found like an expert on the gun and said that it wouldn't if he he had to have had his hand on the muzzle for it to malfunction i mean all the prosecution all the prosecution had to say was did you see her Facebook post of the beef tartar? <laughs> Obviously, demon. she's a demon Clearly. reptile. So, case closed. <laughs> so, unfortunately, Stephen wasn't the only one to die from this cult. Five years earlier, a 22-year-old girl named Kelly Pingilly died after swallowing 30 sleeping pills Uh-oh. like out in the forest. So Kelly was a Lutheran former cheerleader in suburban Detroit. She was like a really sweet person, really caring. Her brother said that she once saw an old man struggling to cut his steak in a restaurant and she got up and cut it for him. Oh, she was just like nice. a sweetheart. So Sherry got a hold of Kelly when she was 19 or 20. Sherry said Kelly was struggling with the choice of going to college or spending what time we have left on this earth for Yah and doing things he needed done as we headed into the last days. So instead of going to college, she started working as a transcriber for Sherry's radio show called Aliens in the News. (laughs) Not even a clever name. 
But this poor girl was taken advantage of, like, oh, you have the choice to go to college or the world's ending anyway, so you might as well just, like, join me. Like, that's so fucked up at 19. Did she at least get paid? I don't... You don't know. I don't know. Probably not. It was probably, you know, you got to do it for y'all and... She probably got paid in pucks. Could be. (laughs) I doubt it. She probably had to buy her pucks. Oh, well, it's probably then you like, can have oh, you're a whole... just dedicating your life to God's work, so. Well, you can have a whole MLM thing with the organ, Oregonian, Organite, Organite, Oregon, Oregon, you know? She could have started an MLM. All you have to do is buy 300 Oregons, and then you can sell them to your friends, and then you can get them to sell them, and. And then you get a percentage, and, and make they money get a percentage, and I get about, a percentage, yeah. and everyone wins. Yeah. Oh my god, I've been watching King of the Hill and they had an episode where Peggy like joins an a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I love it. So I love good. Peggy. So Ugh. Okay, so Kelly also joined Sherry and her followers, like the other guy who was ousted, on missions around the United States. So they went to places oh like god. New York and Kentucky and they went to battle the New World Order. <laughs> Okay. They went on a trip to Fort Knox, and Kelly claimed that she helped liberate a group of beautiful turtle people <laughs> from a government prison. What does that even mean? I don't know what turtle people are. Beautiful turtle people. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, we all know that McConnell isn't a beautiful turtle person. He's one no. of the ugly ones. He's a hideous demon reptile. Yeah. He's got to have some demon in him for sure. Mm-hmm. So in New York City, Kelly joined Sherry on a hunt for a government base that extended all the way over to the Bronx and had tunnels extended out to everywhere, even Midtown and Times Square, New York. Oh, were those also shared by the ped- pedophile reptiles? Probably. They like all link uh-huh. together, right? Uh-huh. Yep. So Sherry said that the god Yahuwah made her followers invisible for the mission and that New York City would now be on the bottom of the Atlantic if not for their efforts. Ah, these are some crazy claims. So apparently on these missions, they would go somewhere that Sherry like deemed was where the aliens were going to land or whatever is going to happen. And they would go and they'd like bang Oregon on the ground, like on some pavement. And then Sherry would be like, okay, we did it. Like the aliens are gone or whatever. And then they'd go home. That's good because then you can like celebrate. You think you're doing something good. There doesn't have to be actual evidence. You just have to know that your leader is like... You did it. You banged away the aliens. Well, that's the thing. So they went on one Oregon trip at some point, and they did their, like, little thing. And then wherever they were had, like, a power outage for, like, a couple seconds or, like, a couple minutes or whatever. And then that was proof. You know, Sherry was like, that's proof that we did it. Like, it worked. And then, like, the one in New York City where nothing happened, they're like, well, that was proof because New York City would have been, you know, sunken if it hadn't been for us. So she could, like, turn anything into proof. Wow, Sherry. Sherry saving the world. One Oregonian banging at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So Kelly had her own blog, and she would describe, like, her, like, the teachings that she was getting, and she said that it was, like, a reawakening. In her first post in January 2011, she wrote, A little over a year ago, I woke up again, spiritually, the way I had been when I was a kid. Uh Uh-oh. 
so Kel- Kelly also had like night terrors and like nightmares and she was super mm-hmm. afraid of nightmares and night terrors like so mm-hmm. afraid of them Sherry said that if she wore Oregon it would like stop her night terrors so she she would like start wearing it and then she would like put it all around their house and like one of her roommates, she would like always put it by her roommate's door at night. She's like, "Oh, this will prevent you from having nightmares." And her roommate would like trip over it all the time. And she's like, "Kelly, you gotta stop putting this on the ground right here. Like it's not okay." And then she was like, "Yeah, but like it'll prevent you from it'll like protect you." And so then she's like, "I just had to like let it be. I just had to like let her leave it on the ground because she was so convinced that like it was gonna protect me." Oh my god, that's insane. Yeah. Do you imagine if your roommate was just like putting all his shit around the house and you're like, uh, and she's like, no, it, I pro- it'll protect you. Well, they it'll had be been, good. they had been friends for like ever, basically. So she kind of knew she was a little bit of a weirdo. Well, they were all like super Christian. They were all like Lutheran, I think, or I don't know. They were all like super Christian. So they were like, you know, they all had their own weird things I guess but Mm -hmm. then Kelly was just and then one of her friends was saying that she went through a time where she was kind of questioning you know what she was believing and Kelly was just like you know it was her friend since childhood and Kelly was like look I'm listening to like this woman and should like share with her some of the teachings or beliefs and she was kind of getting into it and then her mom was like what the hell are you listening to like you need to stop that you can't like hang out with kelly anymore this yeah. is ridiculous but if it hadn't been for that she was like yeah I, you know i kind of like bought into it as at a time in my life where i was just really confused and conflicted and i was young and mm-hmm. so kelly was in this for like years and then over the next two years her writings became more and more untethered from reality she wrote of visions and voices and her brother said they suspected that she had some kind of mental health issue like possibly schizophrenia or something that was undiagnosed but i feel like i don't know like uh so she she was really really fearful person especially with mm-hmm. Kel- with uh, Sherry being like, oh, the world's going to end. It's going to end. Like, when it ends, it's going to be really bad. The aliens are going to come and, like, kill everyone. And she told Kelly that Kelly was one of the, like, 140,000 angels or, like, protected people on Earth or whatever. Oh, and, like, she was a chosen one, basically. Uh-huh. And that's why she was having, like, night terrors and stuff is because the demons were trying to get to her because she was, like, a chosen one or whatever, one of this, like, special, you know, special person, and then that's why she was having all these, like, issues. So then Kelly, like, really believed it. Mm. And so in December 2012, a week before her death, Kelly said the apocalypse was near. God had shown her a strange symbol, which foretold invasion by an alien race that would eat and enslave humans. (laughs) On the night of December 28th, she left a note on her pillow and drove off to a snowy wildlife park with a bottle of sleeping pills to kill herself. She was going to do this so that she wasn't enslaved and eaten by aliens? Well, partially that, and then the other part was that Sherry told her that something like the when the 140,000, like, some of them had to die before, like, the apocalypse was going to begin or whatever, and before, uh, like, I don't know, but that she would go to heaven, so she'd be fine. Like in order to save yourself, yeah. you, you need to do these things. So it's like, okay, cool. well, I'd rather go to heaven, like, this beautiful, wonderful yeah. place, than face, like, aliens eating me. Yeah. 
Yeah, if those are the choices, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. super scary. (laughs) So her brother Nate said, Shiner fills people's heads with delusions of grandeur, tells them that they are really angels with magic powers in human form. Part of why my sister killed herself was to reach the next level of spirituality. She was convinced in her suicide note that she was off to fulfill some great destiny. Ugh. So sad. Fucking Sherry. When hunters found her body in the park the following morning, she was wearing a necklace with a pendant of Oregon. A photograph of Kelly before her death showed her wearing an Oregon pendant that was sold on Sherry's website for $44 plus shipping. Wow. But Sherry... Uh, Sherry had, like, a different story of what happened to Kelly than her family. I mean, one of uh, the Kelly's family friends said that about Kelly's death, Kelly didn't hitch a ride on a spaceship. She didn't die peacefully. It was a cold and silent death alone in the woods. She was looking for God, and Shriner steered her into some weird crap. She, like, took advantage. But, of course, Sherry had a spin, Sherry said that NATO, a NATO death squad murdered Kelly. She said, Kelly just pissed people off because she was supposed to kill me three months earlier on a trip to New York City with me, and she refused to kill me. What? She said that the murder orders came from the White House. I was number two on Obama's death list for eight years. She was coming to my house before we headed to New York City. She was supposed to kill me when she got here, so the trip would never happen. Okay. She also said that about Kelly, she didn't give up without a fight, and they left all the fake evidence. NATO is involved. She really had it out for NATO. The fake evidence. (laughs) Sherry, so Sherry, like, basically was like, okay, well, Kelly... Kelly's death obviously was NATO and like, cause she was doing the right thing. Like we need to rally together and like support each other in this. She said, Obama is on the March folks. If you're not with him and the alien new age, you're against them. They have their lists and they're going to work on them. Kelly's death is a wake up call that they are after Yaw's people. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Sherry posted a eulogy on the Truth Seeker blog, a website run by Stephen Minio, that said, they tried to use Kelly's murder to claim it was a suicide and then blame it on me to smear me. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Both government psyops to try and smear me. I've been at the, I've been at this a long time and they can shove their psyops up their arses. So a psyop is like a psychological operation, I think, mm-hmm. that they're like always yeah. launching these psyops against her to try and like bring her down. Of course, of course. And the other government psyop that she was referring to was Steven's girlfriend. They turned her into a pawn. So, you know, they're launching mm-hmm. all these attacks on Sherry, not that Sherry's causing people to kill themselves. Right. Basically, after Stephen died, Sherry kind of did the same thing with him as she did with Kelly. So at first, she was calling Barbara a vampire who morphed her huge teeth out before killing him. 
morphed her huge teeth out. So one of her followers made a video playing Steven's most recent YouTube but video if Barbara, backwards. If Barbara is a vampire, the garlic how thing. did she eat all the well, garlic the on the tartar? It doesn't make any sense. How, if, <laughs> if that dude was like a reptilian, how could he stand next to the Oregon blasters yeah. and not melt? Mm-hmm. Explain that, Sherry. So then when they when her follower uploaded Steven's la- one of his last videos backwards, then <laughs> the backwards oh, speech said, gonna serve the devil. <laughs> In March 2019, Barbara, then 44, went on trial. The prosecution claimed that Barbara was angry at Steven and killed him in cold blood. The defense mm. wanted involuntary manslaughter as it was an accident. And right, for some reason, they did the whole case and the defense the whole time was like, it's an accident. Barbara said it was an accident from the beginning. It's an accident. And then right right before the jury went in to deliberate, the judge was like, you're not allowed to consider it involuntary manslaughter. I'm taking that off the table. Why? I don't know how he could do that. And then the defense was like, that was our whole case. And then at the very end, it's like, you can't consider that. like Like, what do we do now? She's saying she accidentally like the gun went off and she doesn't know what happened. So what do you what do you call that other than involuntary manslaughter? I don't know. So the jury like they weren't sure what to do because yeah. they weren't like super convinced that she intended to kill him, but they also like weren't unconvinced. They were like they oh no sorry they weren't sure they were kind of like well it was an accident like. We feel like, you know, but they weren't allowed Mm -hmm. to find it. So they could either find her, like, you know, not guilty, which means she killed someone and then she gets to go free without any punishment. And that's kind of, like, iffy. Or it's, like, you know, put her in prison forever. So after nine hours of deliberation, they found her guilty of third-degree murder. Hmm. So third-degree homicide, it's, it's, like, not an intentional killing but it does require some showing of malice or extreme disregard for human life on the killer's part which I don't feel like that's accurate at all so the jury like clearly didn't really understand what was going on I mean like as long as as long as her if she's actually telling the truth then yeah that doesn't make any sense yeah because it doesn't sound like there was any malice at all it sounds like but I could see how it would be hard to prove that she that it happened like she did since it's only her and him in the room and then yeah but i feel like and then i feel like if the judge didn't take involuntary manslaughter off the table i feel like that's what she would have gotten yeah that was kind of weird so then over the course sounds like he must be a reptile (laughs) (laughs) or a clone so over the course of a nine hour deliberation they like kept asking the judge questions about like the meaning of intent First versus third degree murder and guilt beyond a reasonable Mm. doubt. So clearly they were like confused. Yeah. And then she was sentenced to 14, I mean, sorry, 15 to 44 years in prison. And I guess usually, usually like third degree murder is like they get like around 20 years. But Barbara insisted that she still loves Steven and she hopes that her case serves as a warning for the cult curious. Be careful mm. what you decide to believe in, she said. Yeah. Um, and then her la- like her most recent appeal was denied. She's still in prison. 
and Sherry Schreiner died of a heart attack within a year of Stephen Mineo's death. Dumb bitch. And that's the story of Sherry Schreiner, Stephen Mineo, Kelly Pingilly, and Barbara Rogers. That's insane. Also, the insane thing is that shit's still happening, and people still believe that shit. Okay, so her cult in particular, there's another woman who's taken over, and she's queen whatever, one of Sherry's sisters of the, like, 14 sisters of Jesus. Right. And I I guess she and Sherry got together, like, in the early or late 90s. They both bought the decoding software, and mm-hmm. so they've been, like, in contact on and off. And so some of the followers believe that she is that she is the, you know, next leader of the cult. Some of them not so much. But her – Sherry's daughter, like, runs the website, I think. And her own daughter was like, oh, yeah, queen whatever is, like, is Sherry's sister. Yikes. So even that cult is still going on. Well, that's insane. Yeah. Well, and some of her followers are like, oh, she didn't die of, like, a heart attack, even though she had, like, heart problems. They were like, oh, it was, like, a a psychological attack or, like, someone attacked her. The reptilians got to her because they had been, like, trying to attack her and kill her all these years. And then finally they were able to do it. Even though she was surrounded by her precious orgone and she had all the, like things in order and she knew all the telltale signs like bloody meats and things she I mean, couldn't there are protect some herself things i guess you can't stop from happening i don't know she couldn't have asked her daddy mr god up there to like well, maybe she's you know. just ready to go back to heaven and sit on the cloud and watch her well followers. you'd think that she would have had more of a dramatic out than like like good old jesus boy did you know well apparently like apparently one of the detectives on barbara's case like after she said about the cult, they were like, we need to figure this out. So they contacted her and she like responded right away. And they're like, oh, okay, like maybe we can get her to testify or maybe we can get more information. And then she like stopped responding. And they're like, that's weird because usually she's really responsive. So they contacted like the coroner and the coroner was like not from her county or something, but from another county it was like, oh, yeah, she died. And they were like, oh, okay. Oh, whoa. Yeah, and then I guess she, like, went on this truther talk radio show. And if you don't know, the truthers are, like, the weird – well, they're all weird, but, like, super weird Christians that are, like, all about, like, the Bible and, like, conspiracy theories, but not Uh aliens. They're not into the alien thing. Uh But they're into, like – I think they're into, like, the pedophile – Democrat pedophile – whatever rings so sherry like went on this woman's talk radio and they were getting along until sherry said something about the aliens and then that woman was like no there are no aliens like no but and then i guess the other thing is like sherry so sherry was saying like all politicians are reptilian but then like the whole trump thing happened and she was like oh shit i better jump on the bandwagon of the trump thing because uh-huh. all my a lot of my followers and i could get more followers if i yep. say that trump is like the savior of us all or the whatever only non reptile yeah so she like she, she totally changed her like 
politicians are evil thing to like, oh, all politicians are evil except for Trump, who's like actually going to say, like, how did they latch onto him? He's like the most despicable piece of shit human being. And they all like latched onto him. It's because if you're trying to find ignorant, very easy to deceive people, He's already got a huge following. You could just tap into that and you have way more followers. No, I understand her, but I, but I don't understand, like, the Christian people and, like, the truther people and all that who, like, really jumped on board with him. Again, you want ignorant, naive people to join your cult. Pick, pick a, a crazy politician who's got followers who can't think for themselves. It's easy to get more followers then. Well, I feel like... I feel like Sherry's like most cult leaders where it all starts out kind of like, oh, I'm like a lonely whatever, just trying to like fill my time. And then it turns into like, oh, now I have power and control. I'm going to control mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. And anyone who like goes against me. Well, she did that all along, though. Anyone who went against her, she would call like, you know, reptilian or yep. say they're evil or whatever and whatever. But mm-hmm. I think it went to her head. Sounds <laughs> like it. Ah, uh, oh, Sherry. What a yucky. I think she was a toss salad, though, because I feel like she oh, knew what yeah. she was doing. Like, she told Definitely. she told her followers, like, not to eat shrimp or something. And then Stephen, <laughs> when he reached out to that guy who was, like, her friend, he was uh-huh. like, does she eat shrimp? Like, tell me what she's doing, because I think she smokes cigarettes, too. And she was like, don't smoke, whatever. And he was like, give me some dirt. I need to know uh, if she's doing these things. I know yeah. she's doing these things. I just need to know, like, for sure she's doing these things that she's telling us all, like, not to do. Because she, like, divided her life so much that she was one person to her family and her neighbors. And she was a completely other person mm. to her online community. Well, yeah, when she can, like, sit in her little basement without ever anyone knowing what she looks like. And she can spout all this, like, ignorant bullshit, like... And then you get a, and then you get like a huge following, and you get people buying your like little made up little trinkets and stuff. Like, yeah, you're gonna get a big head. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. The tossed salad and the scrambled egg. The tossed salad, a scrambled egg. The tossed salad. The tossed salad. And the scrambled egg. A scrambled egg. So a tossed salad is someone who clearly knows right from wrong and chooses to do wrong anyway. Right, so the tossed salad has more components. The person is able to compartmentalize. And a scrambled egg is someone who can't tell right from wrong and they're just completely scrambled. Just one component, one track mind. They're all kinds of mixed up. There's no focus, they're disorganized. Yeah, definitely toss salad. Power is a crazy thing. Uh, perceived power. <laughs> she did have power, though. Like, two people killed themselves. I know, but it's, like, all based on perceived power, because it's not, like, you know what I mean? It's not like she was, like, actually, like, the Queen of England or, like, someone with power, but it was, like, this power that she made for herself that, like, people believed in. That, uh, like, excuse me, she's the Queen of Heaven, Right. What do you mean? She's bigger than the Queen of England. <laughs> right. I wish Sorry, I wrote I down her name. That. I can. I didn't. It's like Queen well, something. I don't know. 
Well, if you have scaly reptilian skin and you want to make it smooth and soft again, you should check out Humblebee Herbal. They have a couple different lotion options. They've got a liquid lotion, they've got a lotion bar, and they've got a lotion stick. So all your lotion needs can be met and you can get that yucky reptilian skin away and uh, become a human again. <laughs> so you should check them out, humblebeeherbal.com. Use code CRIMINY20 to get 20% off your first lotion order to <laughs> lotion yourself to uh, human again. All right. So okay. I'm going to tell you the story of James Allen Heydrich. I got my information from Wikipedia, San Luis Obispo, LA Times, a YouTube video. Okay. Uh, unexplainable people pill and case law dot fine law dot com. Case law sounds like coleslaw. Mm, I do love a good <laughs> coleslaw. Uh, okay, so the life of James Allen Heydrich was, didn't start out as an easy one. He was born on February 28th in 1959 in South Carolina to a 30-something-year-old father and a 15-year-old mother. Ew, so, never like that. Great start, great start. Horrible, mm-hmm. horrible. And as is the case in, you know, when an adult is... <laughs> Married to having children with a child, a child. Uh, not a good relationship, and uh, James's father was very abusive. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you marry a child. You're usually looking for a victim. Well, yeah, you're looking for power and control you can push and uh, a little bit of the pedophilia. I just want to say, kids, if a grown ass adult is interested in you, it doesn't mean you're mature. It means they're gross. I hope children aren't listening to this podcast. <laughs> I think they are. Look, like children. If you are children, all of our children. Here's the thing. If fans. you're younger than me, you're a child, and children, listen Chill. up. Look. <laughs> it's not cute. He doesn't think you're mature. He's a predator. Yes. Run. Or she. Or she. Or she. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he had about three siblings. So, okay, the sources, although I have many. <laughs> you don't really have that many, though, Did actually. not. Uh, they're a little spotty on, like, details, like, timelines and, like, names and dates. A lot of dates oh, were missing. I hate that. And, which is why I have multiple... Um, sources because I was trying to find exact dates that I could actually, you know, chronologically set it up. So, well, here's the thing we need investigative journalists to do the work mm-hmm. and like find the information. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in an interview later in life, James said that his parents used to lock him in a closet so he wouldn't embarrass them Aww. and said when he was in the closet, he would like imagine himself in different places like a huge mansion or he often imagined himself at a monastery um and he thought that he could astral project to these places which like means he he thought he could hear and feel and like that he was going to those places. he was like literally there which i think that is a really good coping mechanism for a child to be able to like Instead of being scared to be able to be like, okay, well, I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. But that's so sad. It is sad, yeah. That's so fucking sad. And also a lot of the things that, a lot of the information that I got about him and his life are from interviews from him. 
okay. So I want to believe what he's saying, but I also... I just feel like if his dad really was that old and his mom that young, then chances are... Yeah, I mean, chances are... <laughs> he had a really shitty life. Fucky shit's happening in yeah. that situation. Right, right. When he would astral project to this monastery, he said that he would meet this ancient Chinese man uh, who would... T- teach him secret powers. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fortunate that they were astral projecting at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty good. That they just like happened to run into each other at the mansion. At the mansion? No, at the monastery. Oh, at the... Mon- he was going... I mean, I think he just lived at the monastery. I think he was like a monk or something. The- oh, okay. Okay. So he went back in time. He was like astral projecting yeah. back in time. Well, yeah, I mean, you know... Okay. Time's not linear when you're astral projecting, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, know. I've never done it, so I I don't know. I have never done it, but I've heard... (laughs) What have you heard? That you can, like, train yourself to be able to do it. No, you can. They have, like, classes and shit that you can do. I think Zachary did one, and he said that he, like, went up and saw, like, the city that he was in or something. I don't know. Yeah, apparently you can, like, train to do it. Yeah. Um... By the age of three, his mother had abandoned him and his siblings. Lovely. Which, I mean, on the one hand, I get it. You're she a was a child. child being yeah. abused yeah, and, yeah. like, made to have multiple children with well, this abuser. Well, and chances are, like, she didn't have any resources right. or, like, money of her own. So how are you going to, like, leave with three children? And at during the that same time, time. But also during that time in, like, the 60s and stuff, I yeah. think, like, you, you don't really have much say. Like, it's not like she could take the kids with her. It's not like there were, like, laws set up that would, like, protect her and the kids. I like, mean, that's true. She probably just had to get out, and she just hoped for the best that, like... Isn't that crazy that, like, yeah. women's liberation wasn't a thing until, like, Recently, and it's still, and it's like, still an a issue. problem. Yeah. yeah, what the fuck? Yay. So good for her getting for getting out, but then it's like, oh my god, and then you left like these you three kids. Babies, but then you yeah. were a kid, like, uh uh-uh, yeah, uh. Yeah, I don't know. And uh his dad found a new bride who was just as abusive as he was. Somehow they always do. They find them. They either find a victim or they find someone who's just as fucked up. Yeah, they always find someone. And one time okay, so one story said one time, but another story said that this was, like, a common occurrence that while the dad was, like, away working or something, which he said that he worked at a honky-tonk. I have no idea what that means. I was going to say, a what? And he said that, like, he would sometimes when uh, he would be at the honky-tonk. Is that, like, a bar? I don't, I think so. I'm going to look up a honky-tonk real quick. <laughs> The fuck is a honky-tonk? And he said that, like, he would, like, James would just, like, sit, like, he would make James sit in the car and wait for him while he was, like, working because he didn't know where else to to put him or something. What is a (laughs) honky-tonk? Honky-tonk. A cheap or disreputable bar, club, or dance hall, typically where country music is played. All right, well, that's where he worked. So apparently it's not a good place. Oh, he was a bouncer at a honky-tonk. He's probably bouncing people all fucking night. <laughs> what the hell? So, like, yeah, I don't know where the other siblings would be, but he'd say, like, yeah, sometimes, like, I'd make James, like, wait in the car while I was working because I didn't have anywhere else to put him. So I don't know if he was the youngest or, like... So he just hang out in a car at a... At a honky Cheap tonk. bar. And then he would, While like, his dad's throwing people out. And he would, like, be astral projecting to meet the... Oh, God, this poor Chinese kid. monk Fuck. to learn powers. Uh, anyway... What I was saying before was, so when the dad was at the honky-tonk sometimes when the kids were home, the stepmom would tie the kids to a tree with the dog and leave them there all day. Like, why? 
Why? Why not just put them outside and be like, play outside? Well, she put them outside. She just attached them to a tree. Why you gotta <laughs> attach them to a tree? Afraid they're gonna run away? Well, she said that they were dogs and that they weren't allowed in the house. Well, that's just like too far. And she even gave them dog names. Uh, James, at the time, had chicken pox really bad, so he was called Spot. That was fucking awful. <laughs> that's so fucking awful. Let me tie you to a tree while you have chicken pox. You have like a, a virus. Yep. Where you're itchy and tired, and I'm going to tie you to a tree. Yeah. What a lovely lady. Lovely lady. Uh, they were forced to eat outside, too. Um, God, like out of bowls? Probably. Mm-hmm. At the age... Okay, this another thing. He So he said this. Mm-hmm. I didn't find any facts to base this off of, but he said that at the age of six, he saw one of his, his siblings beaten to death by his father, and that when... And, that when he saw that, like, he knew he had to figure out a way to protect himself and his siblings, so he started training in karate. On his own? On his own. Okay. So he's six, and like, he's I like... Like, just imagine, like, a little kid in the backyard, like, kicking Punching and, and kicking. Jumping and, and I think learning punching. some moves from his Chinese, even though karate is Japanese, I think. I think it is. He's self-taught, like many people in the stories we tell. I just, like... Uh-huh. It just feels like that's something you can't be self-taught in. I think, like, he's just punching and kicking and learning some discipline somehow. And I don't know. I mean, he later, like, talks about, like, martial arts and stuff. So, I mean, I think maybe for him, like, karate and martial arts were, like, interchangeable terms. Yeah, well, I feel like, like, like when you're younger, you basically only know about karate, karate right? From oh, like maybe because the Karate Kid, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Yeah. There was like a preview or like a commercial for the Karate Kid on something we were watching and mom was like, oh my God, that was such a good movie when it came out. And then she's like, do you remember? And I was like, no, I was like so little. She's like, we hadn't saw it in theaters. Do you remember that? And I was like, no, I was like, how old? Like, I don't way remember little. seeing it in theaters, but I definitely remember it being like the coolest movie. It was I'd like ever the coolest seen. movie, but I think she said that we saw it in theaters. And I wanted to learn karate, but we did kung and fu. And I was so instead. upset. Well, actually, that was well, kung fu was, I think, better in my opinion. But kung fu was cool. But, I wish I took uh, it more seriously. <laughs> I can never break the board. <laughs> well, you were literally like <laughs> two feet tall and like three inches thin. Like, <laughs> of course you couldn't break but, the like, board. But like everyone else could break the board. I just like couldn't Aww. do it. <laughs> that was really hard. Do you remember doing that stance with your legs yeah. apart? Oh my God. We had to stand for like forever. It was so painful. Yep. Yep. Oh my God. Um... Allegedly, James and his siblings spent most of their childhood in foster homes and orphanages. I mean, I don't doubt it. Yeah, at the age of nine. So he was like in an orphanage. And then at the age of nine, the orphanage was like, um, he's kind of a handful. So they committed him to Witten Center, which was an institute for the intellectually disabled. So he's not intellectually no, disabled. at all. He's just an energetic kid. Yes. He was just too much for the... Wonderful. ...orphanage to handle. So they were like... If you can't handle a child... Well, yeah. Why are you going to be a... I mean, like obviously, literally like, a place to handle like, ch- children. Horrible. And children that are going there are having, like, traumatic experiences. Uh, they have issues. So... Because, yeah, of abuse and over. whatever else. But... Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. 
Well, this is why we don't have orphanages anymore, because well, they don't fucking work. Yeah, and the reason that they sent him to this place was because they figured, like, uh, this place is used to drugging children to, like, oh make them God. comply, so, like, they could just give him a bunch of tranquilizers and calm him down. <laughs> yes, let's drug all children who, like, have energy. Mm-hmm. I remember having, like, energy spurts as a kid where you just have to, like, run or you just, like, have to do something, you well, know? Yeah, I mean, that's what recess is. Kids running around screaming, like, why do you gotta scream? Why do you gotta run around? Oh what God, the hell's wrong with you? I love to scream. Ugh. It's horrible. Every time you walk past, like, a... Uh, um, a school and kids are out at recess. It sounds like a like an amusement park where people are on roller coasters because they're like, ah, ah! you know what those kids need? Tranquilizers. Tranquilizers. They need to be committed. Those are bad kids. <laughs> Zonk them out. Guaranteed bad kids. Look, no one wants to handle that. No one wants to deal mm-hmm. with it. Give, them, give them a pill. Shut that shit down. Oh, horrible. So while he was at this uh, center this institute, he saw his first magician at the age of well, nine. Well, that's fun. Yeah, I think they had, like, a fun... Could you imagine, though, they have, like, a magician and all the kids were, like, zonked out on like tranquilizer? Like, drooling and shit? <laughs> oh, god, my god, god, how depressing. Um, but he was, like, enamored by the magician and his illusions and tricks, and he noticed that the magician could make you look at something, diverting your attention, and then use sleight of hand techniques to trick the audience. Yeah, they're very good at that. Yeah, and he was... Like, whoa, what the fuck? That's cool. And he said that he was fascinated by how close-minded people were and how most of them would miss the most obvious things. Mm. But then again, I'm like, how many of those kids were tranquilized? Yeah, of course they're missing that shit. (laughs) Yeah, of course they're close-minded. Like, pills are literally closing off their, like, neural passageways. Uh, he stayed at the center until he was 16. Oh my god. And then he went back into foster homes. Not like those are formative years or anything. No. From being dragged out at a place where he doesn't even belong. Yep. Yep. And he's, like, not even interacting with, like, anyone intellectually, like, his equal. Uh, like, they're just, like, pill- like, drugging him and then, like, basically not caring. Well, this is, you know? like, the... 60s and early 70s like i don't even want to know what was happening at these institutions probably a lot of fucked up shit just a lot of really horrible things yep uh during his teens he was in and out of trouble and he didn't really get any type of education past the third grade so during that time he couldn't read or write that is so well no he was in this like yeah institution where they're clearly not teaching Mm -hmm. him anything oh my god no, it's just a placeholder to put him. He's just deprived of a childhood. Yep, I'm sure that all the components in his life thus far led to lots of acting out, like not feeling loved or heard or valued. Yeah. So he's, you know, got into a lot of trouble. I mean, kids who are loved and whatever, whatever, Still act out. So... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he's like arrested here and there for like, burglary and assault like basically throughout his life (laughs) at age 17 he hitchhiked to california and once he got to california he sent his foster parents letters saying that he was going to be starring in kung fu movies so like don't worry about me living the life and they were like well good for you and they're like in the south they're just like oh that happens like you just go to la and you get a part in a movie sure of 
course. But that's not what he was doing up in L.A. Uh, in no, 19... you can't just do that. No. You have to be related to someone in the movie industry. Yeah, you got it. Something. Something, something. In 1977, James was arrested and charged and convicted of kidnapping and torture mm, in, a, in L.A. He was 19 at the time, and he happened to be driving around in a van with three other men when they saw 25-year-old Mark, who was walking down the side of the road trying to hitchhike to a gas station because his car had run out of gas. Oh, God. Looks like my nightmare. Yep. Uh, the men pulled the van over, like Mark thought, oh, I'm going to get a ride. But as soon as they pulled the van over, they opened the door and pulled him in forcibly. They blindfolded him, cut his clothes off, tied his hands behind his back, and then one guy drove the van and the others raped Mark. So fucking awful. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> people are gross. They, I guess they found, or like, obviously he had his wallet on him because he was trying to get gas at a gas station, uh, and they found his ID and... Because of that, they found where he lived, and they drove to his apartment, and they burglarized it. Oh, God, that would be so awful. Yeah, like, not only are you violated, but then, like, you're, you feel even more violated because they know where you live. Yes, that's terrifying. They've taken your stuff. You'd have to move immediately. Mm-hmm. But then, like, they drive you home. Yep. Oh, uh-uh. Just to, like, rob you, and then you don't even, you're like, this is supposed to be my safe haven. Yep, and... now that's not safe. You're not safe. Oh, uh, they didn't, like, leave him at home either. They right. kept him in the van after they burglarized it, and they drove for a couple hours, and then they found somewhere to, to dump him. That's so fucking awful. And they just kind of, like, threw him out of the van and drove off. And luckily, though, Mark was able to call the cops, and they were able to find the men. Wow. And Mark testified at James's hearing. Good. James served three and a half years at the Los Angeles County Jail. How? How? Well, because our system sucks and doesn't count sexual assault as a real crime, apparently. No, they, no. <laughs> no, no, it's not like a violent crime, like Mm-mm. what it, it is. Mm-hmm, no. Yeah, and that was kidnapping and torture. Yeah, yeah. Three and, three and, ro- and, and robbery and... Rob, yep. Oh yep. my God. So during the time that he was in jail... The three and a half years, he practiced sleight of hand tricks and breathing techniques. He also studied the writings of Muharin Kerbagovic. Oh, very good. Thank you. I probably said that horribly wrong. Probably. Uh, who's the alphabet bomber who firebombed the Pan Am terminal at Los Angeles International Airport after he felt attacked for being charged with masturbating at a dance hall. Which resulted in him not getting a business license, and it ruined his chances at getting citizenship in the United States. And rightfully so. So, yeah. That's gross. I so mean, then he, every like, American out. has a right to masturbate in a dance hall. <laughs> First of all, we don't have dance halls, so. <laughs> well, maybe it was a honky-tonk. Oh, comes full circle. Full circle. Uh, second of all... How is that? Like, what? <laughs> what's going through your mind where you're like, yes, this is an appropriate place? Like, I'm guessing, like, a dance hall, what I'm imagining is, like, 
you know, a bunch of little people dancing, like little piano or live band or something kind of a situation. It's probably like early club. How do you think that it's like appropriate? <laughs> I don't know. That's so gross. So yeah, I agree with that. Well, you shouldn't be you, able to open a business. The same person that thinks masturbating a dance hall is appropriate is the same person who decided that firebombing a an airport terminal was appropriate. Was appropriate. <laughs> so that no one else can. Uh, Did he like it? So he got charged with the dance hall incident. So then he had a record, so then he yeah, couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then he bombed the, yeah. And because then they were like, if any, no one can come to this country if I can't. Back in the day, airports and airplanes were like the go-to. Free for all. If it you was. were upset, just go hijack a, plane, hijack a plane, bomb a plane, whatever, like, just do something. Get your anger out somehow on a plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's pretty normal. And then they didn't, like, institute the phony-ass TSA until one too many bombings, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, they were like, well, we have to, like, do something that makes people think we're doing something. So let's just do this thing Even called TSA. Even though it was, like, way more dangerous in the 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. God, shit was crazy back then. Everyone's crazy. Everyone's crazy. Uh, so James... Why is he called the alphabet bomber? It was... Uh... Did he bomb more places? He did, like, bomb more places, and then they tried to say that it, he was, like, going through the alphabet, but then he was like, no, I didn't do that. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's just like the name that stuck, I guess. Um, and, yeah, so like I said, James studied his writings, and I'm not sure what his writings were, because I couldn't really find, like, a manifesto he, or anything, but oh. he, I mean, there must be, but maybe they, like, yeah. scrubbed it from the interwebs. Well, what he was saying was probably, like, gross and about, like, masturbation and stuff. They're like, no one needs to read James this. James was like, ah, yes, uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. I agree with the honky-tonk masturbation. A good old honky-tonk wank. <laughs> <laughs> I see nothing wrong with that. I mean, he grew up at the honky tonk. He knows what goes down at the honky tonk. That's right. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> okay, and then this next bit, I'm really upset because I wish that there was like way more information. Uh, but I could only find like most sources had just like th- three sentences on this. But uh, James was arrested three separate times, where he successfully broke out and escaped. How does that keep coming up? He is... I, I don't... I, again... Is it still happening? It's like TSA. It's a facade for, like, apparently, protection or something. Because apparently it's not that hard to break out. I'm so curious if it's still happening. Because <laughs> I don't really hear about it very often, but I don't well, really I don't look. Think, well, I don't think that they're, like, publishing yeah, it because they don't want people they're... to know that that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with private prisons, they don't want people knowing oh, that shit. shit. Well, I mean, if you think about it, Alcatraz was supposed to be like, you can't break out of it, and people, and people did. did. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like, I mean, even if you're on an island surrounded by freezing cold water. Well, and that was the thing, too, like, with, with Alcatraz, because they made it seem like, oh, they're, you know, it's, it's not survivable to jump into the bay and swim to San Francisco, even though to this day, people, there are like swims that yeah, people do. They do. Like I children. Know. There's like, like this like nine year old boy that like has like one of the fastest times swimming from what like, the hell? from, yeah, from San Francisco to Alcatraz and back. Like, Man, I've fallen off like a raft in the river and I thought I was going to die because it <laughs> took my breath away. It was so fucking cold. 
<laughs> Who are these nine-year-old kids? Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah, so apparently it's not that difficult. They just made it seem like it was so that people well, had a better, like, better peace of mind. Yeah, but also if you're telling the prisoners, like, if you yeah. get in that water, well, you're going to die. Were, they were hoping, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't go in the water. But then the ones that are desperate enough, they're like, I'm going to test this out. And they're like, is that a child swimming <laughs> over here? <laughs> if that kid could do what it. What the hell? He doesn't even have any floaty devices. <laughs> yeah. Insane. So crazy. So the first time he broke out was in Georgia. Okay. Uh, I don't know what he was convicted for, but probably some probably kind something of awful. burglary and assault. Yeah. And he apparently just like kicked through a concrete wall and and escaped. Okay, now I'm gonna need to know more. <laughs> How... See, I want to know more too, but there was no more information. Okay. Like, imagine... Okay, I had trouble kicking through a piece of wood. Like, Again, a little piece of plywood. you were a small child. And this guy just kicks out cement? Yeah. Maybe he did know Kung Fu. I don't know about Kung Fu, but he did know martial arts. Well, isn't he the was... one where you, like, do the thing with the hand and then you punch, you know? And then you can, like, punch through a thing? He did. So, there he... Um, there's videos of him like doing demos where he would like have a guy stand next to him and he'd have his fist like two inches from yeah. him and then he would like put, he would punch him so forcibly that the guy would like fall over. Yeah, that's like a thing where yeah. you put your, you extend your fingers out and then you like make a fist and then you like punch just. Yeah, so to, like, he is powerful. Back. He yeah. does have like. Although cement, like I need to know more about the cement. I'm thinking faulty cement. I don't know. Been. I don't know. Or like how many days was he kicking? How did no one <laughs> notice that he was kicking? Is like chipping away at it? I don't know. And it must have been like the outer wall, like the Well, must like his cell wall, wall to something. the outer wall? Because yeah, was there a fence around the pr- There's no fence around the prison? Like did he hop a fence? Like there's no barbed wire? Like what? No idea. See, that's why I wish, I wish there was more information. But what I are jails find any. like in Georgia? Just like Apparently a little building kick through with a cement wall. <laughs> yeah. Just punch through. Look, if you make it through the wall, you're like the Kool-Aid man, you're free to go. Yeah. Did yeah, anyone yeah, else run yeah. through the hole? So we, many questions. I don't know. This God is like damn it. fascinating and I want to know, but yeah. I don't have any information, so I apologize. Why even tell the story uh, then? I know. Well, that's why like, I got to this point and I was like, fuck this story. Oh, I don't want to tell like, it anymore. This story is kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, because I was like, oh my God, there's like these three crazy things that happen. <laughs> And there's zero information. Well, I guess we have to use our imaginations, astral project to the past, mm-hmm. and see what was going on in that prison. I'll work on that. Okay, me too. Good. The second time he got out, he was imprisoned in South Carolina. And again, I don't know what the charge was, but somehow he managed to break through a gate and escape. Well, I feel like that's a little more doable. Like, I'm thinking like chain link fence. You think like Maybe. wrought iron gate? I, have no I don't idea. even know. <laughs> I don't even know what to imagine here. I don't know. But I'm thinking, like, probably just, you know, a chain link fence that he found a little weak link and peeled it up and snuck in. Some way. He broke out. Okay. And then the final and most impressive one, he broke out of a prison in Utah by pole vaulting out. (laughs) That's right. He somehow got a hold of some kind Where of pole device. Where did he device. get this giant pole? 
It was tall enough that he flung himself was over he, the like, fence. Was he like welding bits of pole together? Was there just we like a big pole know. lying There's around? There's just poles in the yard. Also, I feel like you have to practice pole vaulting. He just like he's an athlete. He's an athlete. I wouldn't understand. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. He was like he's like all muscle, little. I just little, feel like, like that would be so hard. Athlete. Lean muscle. And then like the pole vaulting, like doesn't the pole kind of like bend a yeah. little? Like it has to be flexible. Yeah. So we had to find like the exactly right pole. Where? Either that or like some prisons in my mind back in the day. Maybe this is a movie thing. But like, you know, they make like license plates and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think they do. Well, maybe. Well, doesn't Folsom Prison make like belt buckles or something? I don't you know. You can buy at the souvenir shop. What? Yeah. There's a souvenir shop yeah. at prison? Yeah, at Folsom Prison there's a souvenir shop and you can get stuff made by the prisoners. Okay, well maybe I love a good gift shop. Don't, it's slave labor. Maybe don't we should go to that. the gift shop. No. Don't and, support them, but 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 yes. maybe this prison was making track and field uh, equipment. I mean, I feel like that would be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I feel like then they'd be throwing discuses at like guards' shot faces put. and shit. They'd be shot putting their way out of that prison. Yep. <laughs> that would be way too dangerous. Yep. He's just like, oh, I need to, uh, I need to take this, uh, what's it called, pole outside to you know uh inspect it a little yeah, yeah yeah don't mind me i just need like the sunlight i'm just thinking like a fence around a prison it's is pretty tall gotta be like at least 12 if you're feet gonna tall. clear that barbed wire it's very tall i mean i don't know how tall i'm not a sportser i don't know how tall the pole vaulting like little pole that you vault over yeah. is so yeah. how tall are the poles well i think there's a range but Insane. Yeah, how tall is this fence? <laughs> he pole vaulted over oh a I fucking can't. prison wall. Uh, in <laughs> At the same time, though, these are his stories, right? They are, but... I Yeah, see, I don't, I don't know, know what are his stories and what are, like, yeah. actually, like, based in reality. I feel like if a prisoner pole vaults over a fence, you'd publish that. Well... In an edition of Inside Kung Fu magazine. How is that a whole magazine? <laughs> oh my god, I miss the days of magazines. Mm-hmm. A cover headline read, Hydric escapes with his life. No guard could break him. No prison could hold him. So apparently, like, they were published, like, things. Yeah, but Inside Kung Fu, maybe they're just looking for a good story. I don't know how, like, are they... What are their journalists like? Are they going to the prisons? Are they asking the right questions? Or are they just like, this is a great story. Thank you. I will publish it. I I have no idea. So many questions. I know. And that's why I didn't want to do this story. Uh. Because I had too many questions with no answers. But it's still interesting. All right. Well, we can all imagine. Mm-hmm. We can pretend. Imagine away inside kung fu i can't believe they'd have enough material for like i'm guessing it's like a monthly thing yeah sure well see that's what i'm looking but they're like looking for material so maybe you know. well and during that time he during the time that that article was published he actually kind of made a name for himself in martial arts um he had moved us to salt lake city utah and he had charmed his way into living with this couple he, like, even handed them a folder with all of his police reports and convictions, and he was like, I want you to make, like, an informed decision. If you're going to let me stay with you, I don't want to hide anything. Yes, but... Here's my folder. Yeah, how did he get those <laughs> permanent records? I don't know. It's not like you can just Google your record no and, like, internet. print it out. And, yeah, are prisons, like, 
sent mailing each other this information. Oh my god, this is such like. Or he just has like a scrapbook of his like. That he carries from like prison to prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then tucks it under his arm and pole vaults out. Like, <laughs> how? How? How does he have this information? I. Like, type it up on a typewriter? I don't like, know. what the I don't fuck? Know. But the couple decided to give him a chance. What if he did that, though? What if he, like, typed it up on a typewriter, but then was like, oh, here's my prison record, and it was all, like, silly stuff, you know? It, I don't know. I don't know what they gave, what he gave them, but he was 21 when he moved to Utah. He's like, look, I pole vaulted out of that prison and right into your lives. It's pretty romantic. It's super romantic. It's nice, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think God, God gave me a pole and told me... That when God gives you a pole, you got a vault. Got a vault. <laughs> it's the rule. <laughs> so while he's in Utah, like I said, he opened a very successful martial arts studio. Well, and... I'm guessing the martial art teachers in Utah in that time were pretty scarce. Probably. I feel like it's a lot of Mormons. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of Mormons. And that's about it. Not a lot of martial artists. Yeah. He taught classes in the studio, and he also would show off his psychic abilities and powers to move things with his mind. Ooh. Yeah. Telekinesis. Ooh. Uh, and his... Yeah. So he became really popular, and parents would like sign their kids up for his classes, and adults took the classes, and he was like pretty well-known in the town, and um, not only did he uh, not only did he teach the kids martial arts, but he told the parents and the kids that he could pass on his gift of psychokinesis to children through special training techniques. Mm. Yeah. So... He wouldn't, like, tell them his secrets, though, would he? No, but he said that he could, like, transfer the information, like, oh. into their mind through his mind. So, like, how the ancient so it's like Chinese a power. man exactly. transferred so, yeah. karate into his mind. Karate and these special features. And the special features. Special features. <laughs> special effects. And special these, uh, uh, skills. Skills. Um, the tabloid newspaper, The Star quickly ran an article on James labeling him the world's top psychic. Ooh. And other newspapers revealed that he could cure headaches and colds with a touch and answer questions before they were answered. So he's, like, getting all kinds of publicity. No, wait, answer questions before they were asked? Yes. <laughs> answer questions before they were answered? Yes. He was the first answer. Yes. Well... Okay, the question thing is, you know, sometimes you can kind of predict what people are going to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, the headache thing, actually, like, you could, there was, like, this um, hypno hypnotherapist or hypnotist or whatever who, he would, he would basically do that where if someone had a headache, he'd be like, do you want me to take that away from you? And they'd be like, yeah. And then he would just, like do something and then their headache would be gone because like the power of suggestion and if someone has like in a position of authority or you like trust them or believe them then yeah you can do shit like that yeah the placebo effect is huge the mind is an amazing place 
Ooh. Oh, maybe I'm the world's top psychic. Ooh, maybe you should ask for project yourself somewhere. Yeah, I'm totally going. Get it. Goodbye. Okay. Oh, can you come back? Hello. <laughs> We're recording a podcast. Shit. No, I'm in Georgia. Fuck off. <laughs> Damn it. I'm in prison. Pole vault out. <laughs> I'm gonna come practice. Back. <laughs> I'm looking for poles. <laughs> There's a severe pole shortage in this prison. <laughs> Strange, isn't it? <laughs> Um, he like ties his bed sheets together and like <laughs> solidifies them somehow. Oh, gross! Well, okay. you know, if he was masturbating in the dance hall. Well, I'm saying, I mean, sheets. if he knew the alphabet bomber, yeah, maybe he yeah, was learning yeah. his skills. Maybe that's what he learned from the readings. That was his skill. <laughs> he just gotta. He's like, look, I can paper mache with nothing but yeah. paper. And you're like, I, okay, yeah. paper sheets, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm sorry that's so gross i'm sorry but that i mean maybe he did make a poll out of cum sheets that's a that's i, I just know. don't know how Who else knows? he would have done we it. have to use our imagination because there's nothing written down god damn it <laughs> so he's like in tabloids and magazines people are writing about him talking about him and he got to perform his acts slash abilities on a couple of TV shows in the 80s. He's, like, killing it. Uh-huh. Look, he went to make movies, and now he's, like, on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. People are, like, into him, like, giving him the time of day. Uh, he went on this one show called That's Incredible, <laughs> which was kind of like a Ripley's Believe It or Not before Ripley's Believe It or Not. Which I miss. I do miss that. It was so good. And he dazzled the audience in that one. People were mesmerized, and they were, like, writing about him, being a real psychic with real powers. I feel like everyone's, like, looking for a real psychic. Yeah, it's just, like, fun. But I feel like the people on TV and stuff, we've talked about this before, like, they're not the psychics. If there is a real psychic, they're probably just, like, trying to hide that. (laughs) They keep it to themselves. Keep it to yourself. Okay, so many people also, like, tested his abilities. Also, if there are any psychics out there, please contact us. I'm very curious. Please, let us know. And then Through your you mind. Could... Actually, if you could just, like, use your uh, telekinesis to, like, tell us. Telepathy. Telepathy. Telepathy? Yeah. Telekinesis is moving, moving things. things. That's right. That's right. Well, use your telekinesis to move something that I can see. No, and we're not then... talking about ghosts. I don't oh. want to deal with ghosts. <laughs> Damn it. That's scary. Well, what's the difference between a ghost and someone that's just, like, moving shit to trick you? I don't know. Um, hmm One's alive and one's not. <laughs> uh, he had, like I said, people test his abilities. A scientist and an electrical engineer from the University of Utah tested him and concluded that he was a real psychic. Which What's the electrical engineer got to do I with it? I don't know. I don't know. These are two different people? Yeah. Maybe he, like, created some kind of... Maybe... I don't know. Electrical tests. But they were like, <laughs> for sure, verified psychic. Okay. Definitely. Okay. For sure. Totally. The illusions that he would perform, one of them was like, he'd basically have a pencil and he would put it like halfway on the table and halfway hanging off the table. And then with the power of his mind, he would like cause it to rotate. Mm. And then... The other one was he would have a phone book in front of him and he would, with the power of his mind, 
flip through the pages. I feel like when we were little, you told me that you could turn the lights on and off with your mind or something. You told me something or you could turn the fan on or something with your mind. I did. And then I told you you could do it too. Yeah, you did. And then I'd try like all the time. Well, you did it the one time, remember? I was like, you got to close your eyes and really believe. <laughs> and then I just stood up and like hit the fan. And then like, yeah, yeah. you were like, oh my God, I did it. It never worked again. Shockingly, <laughs> I couldn't do it ever again. I think it was after we saw Matilda. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So during his TV exposure, he kind of got a little bit of a cult following. For sure. People were like super into him and they were like, oh my God. And these scientists say he's real. And yeah. He's on TV and he's real. And then he was on a TV show called That's My Line. Uh, hosted, That's My Line. Hosted by Bob Barker. Which was a similar show to What's My Line. Oh my god. When I was like super, you know, <laughs> uh, when in the summertime when we were kids, then like at night the only TV would be on like that was like old ass game, show game shows. Stuff. And yeah. What's My Line would like always come yep. on. Yep. It was so good. Yep. And for those that don't know, What's My Line was where they would have a panel of guests. Uh, or sorry, they would have a panel of like celebrity guests and stuff and then they would try and guess what the person the contestant did, did for a living, for a living yeah. it was usually like something unusual yeah and they would have well, to ask like sometimes yes or no it'd be questions. like so not weird but, yeah. but like back then it, it was like weird. oh weird yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's my line but that's my line was similar where like there was still someone that had an unusual job but instead of the panel guessing what they did, the person would do a demonstration of what they did, and then they would have someone, they would have, like, people interviewing and judging and kind of, like, whatever. That doesn't sound nearly as good. It's not. It only lasted, like, a year or two. Yeah, that sounds stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Who approved that show? Eh, Didn't do well. But this time, the person asking the questions to James was a well-known guy named James Randi, who was a Canadian-American stage magician and scientific skeptic who extensively challenged paranormal and pseudoscientific claims. Yeah. Yeah. He was the co-founder of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, which I felt like you were a member of as a child. <laughs> well, with that whole, like, fan situation, is it any mystery why? Like, had to be. I couldn't believe a word out of your mouth. <laughs> You're always trying to convince me of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that is that. Yeah, that's, like, so cool. And you probably know that James Randy, not James Karate Magician, James Randy had a company that founded, um, or a company that he founded that sponsored the $1 million Paranormal Challenge. Yeah, that no one's ever won. Right, which offered a prize of $1 million U.S. million to eligible applicants who could demonstrate evidence of any paranormal, supernatural, or occult power or event under test conditions agreed to by both parties. That was like that one story I did about the psychic, and yep. people were like, oh, well, if you're a real psychic, why don't you go for the million dollars? It's like an easy million 
And then she was like, oh, I could never make an appointment with him or something. Or he's, like, so busy. What was her name? Brown? Yeah, Sylvia Brown. Sylvia Brown. Yeah. yeah. You, you should watch, And then like... he, like, called her out and was like, I'm ready anytime. Exactly. Literally There's... in contact with me. And she was just like, oh, I just, like, we just can't. Yeah, he's actually really fascinating. Like, well, he was. He passed away. But he was really cool, like... You should look up videos of him. He talks about her and talks about just, oh, like, yeah. things like that. Because he's, like, basically, like, I want to be proven wrong. If you have it, yeah, tell me. Like, I want to see it. Everyone wants to meet a psychic. But no one's been able to do it. Oh. So, in the episode, uh, I don't think that James, karate magician, knew who James Randy was. Or he did. I don't, I'm not sure. But it didn't seem like he did when he was performing his act. So, he, like, got up there performed the act without any controls. The audience went wild and everything. And Mm -hmm. James Randi was like, okay, um, you know, like, so he did like the pencil thing. He did the, the phone book thing. And then James Randi brought out a box of styrofoam packing peanuts, which I shamefully remember eating a bunch of as a child. Ew, what? Is that safe? Uh, well, I'm still here. What do you mean? You, like, crunched them down? Well. Ate them like Cheetos? Kind of. Where was mom? Well, me and Brian were in his room. Oh, God. And we got a hold of a bunch of packing peanuts. And we, like, put one on our tongue and it dissolved in our mouth. And we were like, that's cool. So we basically ate, like, a whole bag of them. What is wrong with you? What? Hey, they're non-toxic, apparently. Are they? Did you look into it? Well, I didn't get sick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're, like, the biodegradable kind. Well, they must have been. They, like, dissolved in my mouth. Oh, my God. You're like those raccoons that wash their marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> or their I, cotton I candy. Oh, my very God. very much like a raccoon washing cotton what candy. What the <laughs> Wait, did you talk about the book? Did I just miss it? What book? The Pages. No, I didn't talk about that yet. Oh, okay. Because I was like, because you said the pencil and pages. And I was yeah, like, no, I just okay. wanted to like verify. Okay. Those were the, the acts that he performed on the show. Okay. And then, um, so James Randy pulled out packaging peanuts and he sprinkled them in front of the book, like not on the book, but just in front of the book. Yeah. And then was like, okay, perform, you know, flip the pages again. And with your mind. With your mind Bullets. power. Oh, oh. tenacious D. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought of that in a while. Um, but... His mind bullets weren't working? They weren't firing very well. Uh-oh. He was, like, concentrating and concentrating and concentrating for 99, zero, 90 minutes. Is this on TV? On stage, Yeah. Oh my god, and that is some real dedication he, though. Yeah, he claimed after not moving the pages at all that the reason that it wasn't working was because of the static electricity from the peanuts yeah. interfering with the lighting on the stage, which caused the pages to become too heavy. Obviously. Making it impossible for him to use his, his powers. His mind bullets are weak. Weak mind bullets. They can't deal I mean, with extra static only, electricity. Like, Phone book pages are very, very thin. Look, talk to an electrician. They'll tell you <laughs> if there are you. peanuts involved. Everything's fucked. The lights just are things are too heavy with yeah, the lighting. Yeah. It's just when I was full science. of when I was full of packaging peanuts yeah. <laughs> and had the lights on, I couldn't move. Mom's gonna be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I survived. 
Okay? Uh, it's all about trial and error. <laughs> trying new things. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm an adventurous eater. Who, That's all I'm saying. Who put it on their tongue first? I don't know. I don't remember that. I just remember that we ate a bunch. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, because remember we had them because he made a fat suit. For Halloween one year, he was yeah. a fat person. Oh, no. He got, like, huge clothes, and we filled them up with packaging peanuts. Uh-huh. Well, we ate a little bit of them. Was this around the time of Austin Powers? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fat bastard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That okay. was the influence, for sure. So, back to... <laughs> <laughs> um, at, like I said, after ninety minutes, and he he didn't. Do you think he was like really trying? I, I mean, mean he was doing minutes. he was doing the thing where he's like looking at the page, like holding his head with his hands, like moving his hands toward the page, trying to like, figure out how trying to, to like get rid of that electricity. Probably trying to figure out mm. you know a way around that for ninety minutes. Oh my yeah. god. So he conceded, and the judging panel declared that no su- supernatural phenomenon had happened. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. <laughs> had taken place. Phenomenon. And at the end of the episode, uh, James Randi, yeah. he sat down with the, he took the packaging peanuts away, and he sat down with the book, and he performed the act. That's amazing. Did he just know how to do, like, everything? So what happened was... They did um, a, like, what is it called? Like a dress rehearsal uh-huh. first. And they put a microphone on James Karate Ninja. Oh, okay. Ninja ma- Magician. Karate Ninja Magician. Yeah, yeah. And they turned up the frequency on the microphone so that they picked up his blowing. Oh. And so then... Um, what? That's so fucking clever. Yeah, and I guess, like... At one point, James uh, decided, he was like, oh, I need, like, music. There needs to be music because it can't, like, I can't concentrate if there's no music or something. So they put music on, and then they lowered the microphone for the next act when he actually performed it in front of people. But he didn't know that they could hear him breathing on it. Because it was just, like, in the control room where they could hear, they could see, like, the, the... um, sine waves of like him of it moving what or whatever. The fuck? And so then James Randi was like, "Okay, I know how he's doing it." That's so clever. So he sat in front of the phone book and openly like blew onto the table, and then it would hit. It would like hit the table, the air, and then bounce up and hit the pages and open them. Wow. And then James he... Randi, so yeah. smart. So smart. And then he did it with the the pencil as well, where he'd like blow on the table and it would move the pencil. Wow. So, because if he has to debunk all these people, he has to like figure out what they're doing. Well, he's also a trained magician as well, so, so he, he knows, knows the tricks. He knows the sleight of hand things. Wow, maybe I should go into magician training. Magicianry. Yes. <laughs> pole vaulting magicians. I'm not doing pole vaulting. <laughs> I will not. But mm. that's fascinating. Yeah. A few months later, he James agreed to undergo more testing of his abilities. Why? I think he was just hoping he could trick people. But he had to save face after yeah, that disaster. Yeah. But he failed to perform once again. Mm. And one of the people that was testing him was this magician investigative reporter, Dan Corum. Oh my god, magicians are everywhere. They're everywhere. It's amazing. Yeah, Dan, okay. Dan Corum. He interviewed James after the failed attempts. Oh. And James actually, like, just flat out confessed to being a fraud. Wow. 
Dan asked him, why do you feel that you had to tell people that you had powers you didn't have? And James responded, because I wanted attention. My parents would never give it to me. I would always be ignored and kicked around. I had to do this to make me feel good. It gave me confidence. Every time someone thought what I did was very good, but I'd never tell them what it was, I'd tell them it was something else. Because if I told them what it was, they'd say, fine, it's just a trick. Mm. But I always tell them it was something else so I could continue to get recognition. Do you think that he kind of knew that the jig was up so he was like I gotta save face and like spin this story in a way that's like more sympathetic to me and my story I think so that's the only thing I can think of because I can't yeah why would he admit why isn't he like Sylvia and just like oh no you're wrong I just had an off day yeah or like the the static or the static yeah like really really dig into that one (laughs) yeah and then Dan said Mm -hmm. You were on That's Incredible a few months ago, and you really tricked them. And James was like, I tricked the whole world. No, you didn't trick James <laughs> Randy, so wrong. Uh-huh. And then Dan said, yes, what did it make you feel like? And James said, I did it to reach. It's like a hand reaching out for recognition. I don't know. I just wanted to be known. I needed to be recognized. All my life, I've been... I hate to keep going back to the past, but I don't know. I wanted to do that because it was different. I just wanted to see how open-minded people were. I wanted to see if these people who were so-called intelligent and I was so-called dumb, Mm. I mean, surely I'm here for a reason. My whole idea behind this in the first place was to see how dumb America was, how dumb the world is. Yeah, I don't like that at all. When you're just like tricking people to pull one over on them. Red flag. Yeah. Especially his whole, like, oh, like, you thought I was dumb, but you're dumb. Like, it just feels icky. But I think you're right, though. Like, it's kind of like he's trying to save face where it's like, oh, I have to, like, I don't know why I did this, but, oh, uh, America's dumb, so, like, I just wanted to prove how cool, how, like, smart I am. Well, that and, like, well, I had a really hard pass, which, yeah, for sure you did. Like, not gonna deny that, but... But that's his, like, well, I had a really hard past, and I came from, you know, people were saying I was dumb, and actually, like, I'm actually really smart, so. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. And then he, like, kind of tells Dan about how he performed the tricks, and how he, like, was... <gasps> He revealed magician's secret. I know. He's kicked out of the magician's alliance. Yeah, he was... <laughs> Get out. But he told him, like, yeah, I, I, I moved the objects with my mouth... And then he was like, how? And he was like, oh, I, through breathing techniques, he said, I had spent hours and hours, I'd hold my breath, different breathing controls, so many ways. I could make deputies, so he practiced all this when he was in prisons. I mean, you know, I will say this for him, he is really good at, like, filling empty time. Yeah. Like, he's not wasting it. He's practicing, or he's astral projecting, or he's imagining going other places. And I think, like, because of his childhood, he practiced doing that so it was like oh i'm in prison by myself in a cell like i i'm i have things to do i have things i can do and he taught himself like all these things he taught himself that's pretty amazing while he was in prison um the chaplain or something like taught him how to read and write so he was read you know he was doing stuff he was biding his time like constructively in a way like teaching himself skills and 
I mean, teaching himself how to read and write, I'm sure like not being able to read and write until you're, you know, an adult, I'm sure people are telling you things like, oh, you're stupid or whatever. Like yeah. that has to be so hard. Yeah. Well, you spent your formative years like being tied to a tree, uh, seeing people beaten in front of you doped and then up doped up. Yeah, exactly. Oh. He said, I could make deputies think someone touched them on their neck Ew. because I could breathe in a certain way on their neck. They would feel something and say, that's a ghost. What? Was he in like haunted prisons? I mean, how many prisons aren't haunted? Well, I'm sure in the South too. Like, fuck. He said they, they would piss on the floor and go running out of there. It All was, right. Well, that's a little much. It was something that was fascinating to me and it got me recognition. I mean, every deputy in, in that jail was so frightened of me. They thought I was possessed. Okay, that's power hungry for sure. But it's like control. He's got to have some kind of, He wants you know, them to be afraid of him. And I'm sure like the other prisoners thought it was like hilarious. For sure. And would like give him like recognition. Like, yeah, give him some respect. Yeah. So he like hung out with the chaplain in this one prison who like taught him how to read and write. And the chaplain was like, you know, trying to convert him to Jesus. And... <laughs> Uh, I guess he was like a really good Jesus salesman because he said, I would convert people from bad to good. The chaplain told me that you had to turn people, turn them on to Jesus, the Lord. <laughs> and he gave me a Bible and I'd read it. Then I got an idea. Now, I've never told Brother Joe this and I've never told anyone this, but I would convert. This is during this interview? Yeah. Yep. Okay. He's just spilling it. Wow. Okay. He said, but I would convert 20 inmates a day. I think because he wants a pat on the back. Like, even though the tricks weren't mind powers, he still, like, tricked all these people and he did all this stuff that yeah. he, like, wants recognition for. Yeah. He said... Because he wants to be seen as smart. Right. He said, wow. I, would, I would convert 20 inmates Powerful. a day. That was my limit. I would have to convert 20 inmates a day. I'd get up there and start telling them about Jesus and stuff. How many inmates are in this prison? It's prison. He's converting everyone. Yeah. He said, and when I'd see that they'd begin to lose their interest or get turned off, I'd stop and say, you don't believe it exists? I'd take a Bible and open it up and say, if the Lord is here with me, make these pages move. Or I'd open the Bible and say, hold the Bible. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, make these pages move. And the pages would move. And the guys are going, oh my God, Ugh. every time it worked. Yeah, he's like one of those evangelical, yes. like, holy roller, like, cure this person. Yes. Oh my God. Then I would say, it's in you. Or I'd take a pencil and put it there and say, I've got to call the Lord, but you're going to have the power to do this if you accept the Lord. The next thing you know... You would see them with this big cross handing out Bibles to people. Oh my God, what a manipulator. Mm -hmm. That's insane. So, after all this, you know, his karate martial arts studio is still going on and he's training. Wait, wait, then these prisoners are going to be trying to convert other people and be like, watch, I will move this pencil. And they're not going to be able to do it. That's like embarrassing. Well, you maybe you're not believing then enough. Then they're once like, you well, believe Jesus enough, me. Once you believe enough, see, you're just not know. believing right. You gotta really maybe. believe. Maybe. Is that <laughs> how I'm gonna get that fan to spin? You got to believe in yourself. <laughs> Power of Jesus. So, you know, he's like running his martial arts studio and training kids and adults. With he went like back to sick it, moves. even though he was like not psychic it anymore. Was, it was like a continual thing. So, like, oh, okay. 
like I said, the sources, they didn't do a lot of dates, but from my understanding, while he was, like, running this martial arts studio, he was, like, appearing on TV and in magazines and stuff and teaching kids and adults karate and, you know, claiming that he can transfer his powers to children. So he must have, like, trained other teachers then, I'm guessing. Or they had just had, like, martial arts teachers or something. Maybe. But remember those special training techniques with the children where he yeah. claimed he could transfer his powers to them? Telepathically. Well, in 1989, it was exposed that the technique he had was coercing children to performing sexual acts oh, on him no. in exchange for showing them some sweet moves. Oh, no. That's awful. Yeah, and at some point, James happened to be on an episode of the Sally Jesse Raphael show. Yeah, Sally Jesse. <laughs> discussing psychic powers, which he had none of, but, you know, news traveled slow back then. Well, and Sally needed material. She Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, just... She had some, like, real weirdos on the show. Some good ones, yeah. Uh, She did some dangerous stuff, actually. I'm not going to lie. A lot of those those talk shows did. Because it's all about numbers. It's all about ratings. So they would just bring on, like, super questionable people and topics and yikes. Yeah, I'm thinking about that one with the abusive husbands that she brought. Like, the women, the wives brought their husbands on the show without letting them know why they were on there and they were like abusive and it was like super scary remember that oh no i don't we watched it together like not that long ago and i was like i'm really worried about that one when they go home oh yeah that's not gonna be good and then they were like oh we're so worried about you like our producers tried to keep her from going home it's like you just like stirred the pot like Mm. instead of being like here are some resources and you brought them on tv to humiliate them yeah instead of yeah Oh, I oh so problematic. That made me so uncomfortable. <sighs> yep. Sally. So he's on the show being like, "Yeah, I totally have powers." And then meanwhile, in California, an off-duty Huntington Beach police officer was watching a little Sally Jesse. Oh my god, I love it. On his off time. Yes, we all do. He saw James on the show and he was like, "Ah, shit, that's the guy we're looking for." <gasps> And he alerted the Connecticut police because I guess they film they film uh, Sally Jesse in Connecticut. All right. Well, I guess Sally Jesse did do some good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he was like, uh, "Connecticut police, uh, that guy is wanted in California for child molestation charges." Wow. So James was quickly apprehended, and the Connecticut police, for some reason, took him to jail in Arkansas. Was Sally if- Jesse live? I think so. So they like he like called and he was like keep him in the station, like keep him there. I I think so. something I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly like I said, so little information. Crazy. It could have been that. It could have been that Connecticut is so tiny that they were like, "Yo, he's in your state. Look for he's this guy." He's somewhere. Something like that. Yeah. So they so Connecticut brings him to Arkansas. For some reason. I don't know if that's the halfway point. I think that might be the halfway point. Should I don't know where map? Arkansas is on a map. It was very yeah. embarrassing. Uh, well, we had to memorize it in fifth grade, and then after that, it was like... Well, I'm, good at, I'm glad it did us some good, because I uh, don't even know where Arkansas, Arkansas is on a map. Is. Okay, here we go. Arkansas. Well, here's Kansas. Is it touching it? Where the... Oh, it's right here. 
No, that's not even. They like went down. They didn't go the middle. I don't know. Somehow they he ended to, up like Nebraska. That look, would have been more. Again, we need well, more investigative LA... journalism because well, no, because look, if they're bringing him to LA, that could have been the halfway point. Actually, well, whatever. He is in Arkansas. I didn't or... realize Arkansas was so low. Yeah, I guess it's southern. It's southern. Okay. It's southern. It's southern. Um. The Connecticut police were, like, driving him to Arkansas, and on the way there, he somehow was, like, rocking the van, but not in a noticeable way. And it might have been, like, we were talking about the punch with, like, a two-inch punch that, uh-huh. like, moved him. Like, it's somehow like, he's, like, like he's like contracting something. his muscles well, or I something like, to yeah, make it. I feel like you can kind of, like, if I'm sitting and I'm just kind of, like, jolting a little bit, like, my legs pushing down. Like, yeah. it's not hard to rock a van. Well, he was doing something that, like, they didn't notice his body moving and the van was rocking and they were freaked out. What was he saying? He was doing it with his yeah. mind? Yeah. <laughs> and they thought that he was going to flip the van over with his oh powers. Oh, my God. So when they finally got to Arkansas, when they got to the Arkansas jail, the guards, like, jumped out and grabbed him and brought him into the jail at the Johnson County, Arkansas jail. And they told the staff at this jail to not look James in the eye. What? Because he might cast a spell on them. (gasps) So even though he's been, like, debunked on TV and, like, all this stuff, people still believe he has He's got a demon inside of him. He's got a demon. Just like my story. Mm-hmm. Full of demons. When you have been cloned by the New World Order and right. you are now yes. a reptilian, yes. don't look them in the eye. Don't fuck with the reptiles. Reptiles? <laughs> yep, yeah, don't fuck with the reptiles. Get your orgone blasters, everyone. Arm up. Oh, yeah. So then James was transferred to Orange County where he was kept in protective custody because they knew about his three previous breakouts. They're like, keep the poles away from this dude. Everything. Keep it all away. <laughs> keep the pack. Actually, fill it with packaging peanuts. Fill his cell with packaging <laughs> peanuts. Can't use his powers. It's the one. It's his oh, kryptonite. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Until he eats them all, well, then he can get free. You know, if you're hungry. I mean, if they dissolve. Yeah, it was a good little snack. Oh my god! They almost they were almost they almost Did tasted you chew like them? a. Or you let them dissolve like, oh, in your we'll mouth. Suck, them all, suck on them, let them dissolve. They kind of tasted like hosts, like church hosts. Oh my god. Body what of Christ and packa- of? they're made of Jesus. I am concerned. Packaging peanuts. Well, thank you. <laughs> oh no. So. James was put on trial for molestation of at least five boys in Huntington Beach. He pled guilty to 11 counts of felony child molestation after a deal with the prosecutors who agreed not to seek out the maximum of 33 years. I feel like they should have seeked out the maximum of life. The (laughs) prosecutors agreed to drop... A charge for failing to register as a sex offender, which I'm assuming was from his 1977 conviction, and for one of the child molestation charges. So he failed to register. Yeah, apparently that's on you. They're just like, okay, remember make sure when you leave here, sign up when you go to jail. Before you go to jail, pop on over to this office and put your name on the list. And what does that even mean? Because not like they what had the internet like? and stuff, so it's like. It's like Maybe a newsletter they, that's going around. Yeah, that's like they're mailing it to Just all like the police Just like pencil yourself in. Remember, yeah. do a little sketch of do yourself. They do like 
fingerprints? I don't know. I'm, I'm and sure. then what, like, scan it into their, like, old-ass computer? I don't know. That, like, took file, a whole room? A file. And then what? Do they, like, yeah, like, mail that to other people? Like, you're registered Well, I mean, it took him from, like, 1977 when he failed to register to, like, the late 80s when they're like, oh, did you ever fill out that form? Oh, no, you didn't? Okay, well, if you promise to uh, plead well, guilty, we won't charge you for it. Actually, how old is the sex offender registry, though? Because they may not have had it in the 70s, and then when it became instated, they're like, all right, all you sex offenders, come Remember register. To sign up. <laughs> come on down. We'll We're see, having a sign-up day. You know, what they should have done is offered, like, a free pizza for signing up. Well, at least a pizza. <laughs> Let me see. I would have gotten people. Wow. 1947. Wow, California. Way to go. That's insane. But in, for, yeah, like in 47, what was it? I don't know. I mean, you probably just had to like provide your address of like where you live. So you had to register and you yeah. had to keep updating. No one was checking in on you. No. That seems so risky. It seems very risky. Wow, I didn't realize it was in 1947. Me either. Maybe we should look into that. That might be a good story to know. Interesting. Wow. Well, the reason that they agreed to these terms was... So that the kids didn't have to come in and testify. Oh, wait, before. It says that it's the California Sex and Arson Registry. They combine the two. Sex and fire. Okay. CSAR. I mean, okay. <laughs> I guess, like, both, like, violent and destructive yeah. things. That's so weird. Interesting grouping. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so if you're an arsonist, are you a registered sex offender? <laughs> Well, you're a registered arsonist. Arsonist? Yeah, but the list is combined. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Police allege that James had molested the kids during six months that he lived in Huntington Beach, participating in martial arts demonstrations on the pier. So he's like on the pier like, yeah, look at this, kicking and punching and like magic tricks. And the kids are like dazzled. Okay, so you're like walking on a pier with your child and you see some dude doing some kicks and punches and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, come register for my class. Are you like, sure thing, bro. Well, I'm not, but apparently he's like a real good smooth talker, charmer, and he had fabulous geese. Well, that would convince... I mean, people. they were like silken sure. with like They've embroidered collars. Yeah. And he had like a very trusting, like wispy mustache and like a I don't slanted think a wispy bowl cut. mustache is trusting at all. I feel like that's the most suspicious. Sorry, if you can't grow a mustache, just don't grow one. Just don't. Just don't. That's okay. And he had like this. I would describe it as like. If someone had a bowl cut and then, like, pulled on the back of it to make the back longer and then, like, made the bangs real kind of straight. I was, just, I was just trying to describe his hair. Uh, It's like a bowl cut with bangs. A bowl cut with? With, like, a short bang. Yes. A short bang and a longer back. It's a very it's a bowl specific cut mullet, look. A bullet. A bullet. I don't know that I've ever seen it before. But it's not a full bowl cut because the bangs are so short. <laughs> it's like bangs that cover like half your forehead. Well, you got to see. You got to be all aware. You can't yeah, have any hair in your eyes when true. you're a kung fu master. Yeah, you can't be like wiping the hair out of your eyes. No. No. A trusting wispy mustache. <laughs> <laughs> 
God. Police said that James regularly took the boys home with him. Oh, no. Oh, no. And taught them tricks in exchange for sexual favors. Hell Yeah, and like no. all the parents were like, oh, he seemed like a really trusting guy. Like yeah, he signed him up for the classes. Well, and, and they didn't really know yeah. a lot then. And I guess like... Like we know now. Uh, the kids were between like 10 and 13. Oh, no. So James was sentenced to 17 years in prison. Not enough. Yeah. More than three and a half, but still not enough. Yeah. His attorney said that James was satisfied with the plea agreement, but his attorney said, (laughs) I hate to see a guy who has so much talent be in jail for 17 years. Shut up. He said that he found James to be a very happy person. No. Who sometimes d- displayed... Who sometimes raped children. Well, just sometimes? Have you seen his fabulous geese? <laughs> Did you see his haircut? It's, I mean, with a wispy very mustache. Very trusting. Very trusting. What the fuck? He said that he, uh, that James sometimes displayed a childlike personality and he thought that James was emotionally as young as the kids around him. And so it, was, it didn't matter? Yeah, because it was basically like kids hanging around with kids. Yeah, because kids, when they hang around with kids, you know, rape each other. Well, you do a magic trick. You do a little raping, a little yeah. magic, a little karate. Mm. Kids being kids. Right? Can you, okay, so I understand like you're a defense attorney. You have a sleazy-ass client like this. Yeah, you have to defend them, but you don't have to defend them that much. <laughs> you don't have right? to be like, well, he seems nice. It's I okay. invited him to dinner with He's my kids. Like, it was fine. What the have you fuck? seen him punch though? What a punch! What a punch! What and a, have you seen that hair? <laughs> How do you not trust a man with hair like that? Mm. So in two thousand eight, he's like supposed to get out. Oh. And. That's 17 years later. Yeah. Oh. And after serving his sentence, he's like, all right, about to be free. Yeah. But I think it was like in 1996 or something, California uh, had enacted this law that was California's sexually violent predator law. Way to go, California. Which basically was like. If you fit all these criteria, you have to go to, like, a hospital, uh, like, a state hospital, like, for psychiatric needs or whatever, and you're not getting out. keep you locked up. Yeah. Yeah. So he was remanded to the Atescadero State Hospital for treatment under that law. Wow. Just in the nick of time. Yeah. He met the criteria for that from the 1977 case and then this case. And... So, good thing that law was retroactive. Yep. And um, psychologist Jesus Padilla described James as a difficult patient who suffered from pedophilia, paraphilia, and antisocial personality disorder. Yes. And then a different psychologist, George Grosso, diagnosed him with pedophilic disorder. Yeah. Which I guess is different than, like, I guess the pedophilic disorder means that you acted on it, and Uh pedophilia is you just have thoughts of it or something. Right, right. And he diagnosed him with psychopathy. Yeah. And he said that the psychopathy caused James to be impulsive and have little empathy, which made it really hard to control the pedophilic disorder. So he was like, he should not be going out because... This dude is fucking dangerous. Mm -hmm. James petitioned for his release. Hell no. So there was like a little trial that took place. 
and George Grosso testified that James was likely to reoffend in a sexually violent manner, manner, and in addition, refused during his time in prison to fully participate in a sex offender treatment program. Great. But James claimed he didn't need the treatment since he wasn't interested in children. It was just those, you know, 11 plus times. He didn't even do times. anything. Because this is all California stuff. This isn't even Utah stuff or anywhere else he was. Yeah. This is all California just kind of, stuff. Just Huntington Beach. Fortunately, it's kind of like with the um, Golden State Killer. It's like, in some ways, it's like, okay, at least... Because rape has a statute of limitations yeah, for whatever fucking reason. That's so fucking dumb. But then it's like, since he murdered, he actually has to go away for life. Whereas if he just, like, kept... He just, like, didn't murder, then he would have gotten off. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's a clear sign we need to change these laws. But had this guy not offended in California, mm-hmm. these kids would have been, like, met, like, that would have been so fucked up. Yeah. Good thing he made that choice. Luckily, James testified on his own behalf. Oh, lovely. What <laughs> did he, he have to say? Well, he talked about the abuse he suffered as a child. Yes. And he testified that in 1977... That whole incident, like, it really wasn't his fault because he just happened to be in the van. So he had to participate? Well, no. He said that he was just in the van when these other guys kidnapped Mark. And he didn't intervene? Well, no, because, I mean, there were, like, you know, more more of them than him. He didn't want to be raped. And he, he said that he just, like, sat in the back of the van. He didn't participate, and he was shocked at how the other men treated Mark. I just feel like they must have planned something. It's not like you're yeah, going to pull over and three? then all of a sudden yeah. one of them's like, grab him. And then you're all like, okay, now what? Like, what? No, you clearly were like And obviously about if they're it. all participating, yeah. that that's the kind of activity that all those people are doing and you're hanging out with those people, yeah. which means that you're doing that stuff. Yeah, and you've already been like caught like assaulting people and like breaking into houses and stuff. You clearly have no respect for people's space and like you know autonomy yeah yeah yeah. he also denied that he had molested any children oh okay because he he said that his plea of guilty was a result of having been injected with haldol which is an antipsychotic at the jail so forget all these children saying that it was him. No, no. They're just they just want attention. Like of course he's like a popular karate dude. Like they know him. They just are trying to get oh attention. God, I hate that. He didn't okay. do anything. Yeah. He said he didn't have a sexual Yeah, you didn't do anything and you took a plea for 17 years. He, well, he was drugged up. He said he didn't know he took I mean, a plea. I mean I do I mean I t- okay, there are t- times when people do take a plea because they're you know falsely accused you yep. get that and it's like a shitty situation but this guy clearly wasn't falsely accused uh-huh. uh-huh so he argued that he didn't have a sexual problem and that he was sentenced to 17 years before the sexually violent predator law was in effect so it shouldn't pertain to him okay it <laughs> was to made because for of you. Like, people like you yeah you're like the perfect example of why this should exist you are unsafe yeah and then the 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 defense uh brought a couple psychologists one was named hillard triton and she testified that james had done individual therapy with her and was in one of her groups and that she did not see any manifestation of pedophilia in him okay hillard (laughs) 
pedophilia, what was the one where you act on it? I mean, I feel like you can hide being a pedophile unless you have access Especially to Especially if you're in prison. Why are you going to go announcing that because you're a pedophile? Because that crime is all about access. Like, it's yeah. all about having children to assault. So, yeah, if there are no children around, of course you're not going to be assaulting children. Even if there were children around in prison, like prisoners murder pedophiles like you're yeah, not you're trying not to get killed be like talking yeah. about shit yeah hillard you're manipulated girl get it together she said she was aware however that james scored high on the psychopathy checklist okay isn't that scary then <laughs> yeah that in itself and if he was like if the sexual violent predator whatever law was based on him assaulting a an adult male Mm -hmm. and he scores high on the psychopathy checklist then he's gonna Mm re-offend for adults Mm -hmm. you know yeah like no one's safe what the fuck hillard hillard psychologist another psychologist robert hallen testified that there's research that concluded it is impossible to diagnose pedophilia or pedophilic disorder. I don't think that's true. I don't think so either. If you assault a child mm-hmm. and if you're like attracted to children, mm-hmm. I think that pretty much sums it up. He said that it's difficult to distinguish between someone with a mental disorder and someone who wants to engage in criminal activity. How is that? So he's hard? like trying to separate like pedophilia as like a chosen. Uh, but also like, isn't pedophilia a mental yeah exactly anyway and and an and act. also like that's so rude like <laughs> i have like mental health issues and i'm not a criminal yeah. like i don't think it's that hard to tell the difference no it's not sorry but These no psychologists are bullshit they just say whatever people want to hear i guess i don't know well he said that james had not shown signs of pedophilia since his 1988 conviction uh, because he was in prison. <laughs> so he doesn't think that he suffers from pedophilia or pedophilic disorder. Okay, either this dude has, like, issues around that. Mm, something. And he's kind of like, oh, no, none of, doesn't like, exist. that's not real. Nope. Like, something's going on there. Nope. That's just, like, disturbing. Nothing. Where did they find that psychologist? I mean... Scraping the barrel, you gotta find someone for the defense, right? I guess so. I mean, I have heard people say things that their, like, therapists have told them where I'm like, how, how is that the... person licensed? Yeah, how they get their license? <laughs> That's I don't not know. okay. Well, um, another psychologist that was for the prosecution, Robert Owen, stated that most pedophilic men in custody do not cut out pictures of children, or obtain child pornography. Yes. Many show no sexual deviancy while in custody, but would reoffend the minute they got out. Well, I would think that, and I don't know this, but I would think that on, like, prison computers, you'd have, like, child locks. <laughs> like, you can't go to certain websites, maybe. You would maybe. hope so. Like, you can't just be on the dark web while you're, like, in prison. And you'd hope that people are watching what you're looking at. Like, maybe, you can't just take it to your cell. Right? And maybe it's, like, college where you have, like, a number that you, like, sign in so, so that they, they know what, what you've at. been looking at. I mean, if they don't, they should. That's a good idea. I would hope that they already do, but... Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, he's gonna, like, order magazines and put, like, <laughs> ch- like, ch- like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, obviously. Well, the trial resulted in a hung jury How? somehow. How? How? I don't know, but it's okay, because, because it ended in a hung jury, as of 2013, he remains in Koalinga State Hospital. 
He's still there. <sighs> Good. That was a happy ending. I, wow. I just, I mean, his childhood sucked for sure. The fact that he has spent so much time in, like, mental institutions when when he was younger he didn't even belong in there like that sucks for sure but that's I mean he should have known better like he was hurt as a child he should have known not to hurt children you know like uh, unfortunately that's so fucked up but if he's like a psychopath way, yeah. if he's a psychopath and he has no empathy and everything's just a game to him and it doesn't really matter that's you what know? it seems like like everything yeah. is a game and everything like how can I pull one over on people someone? are all pawns and yeah. his grand scheme of things and then him being like clearly i'm here for a reason and mm. it's like okay well not hurting children i don't think that's the reason you're here like fuck uh yeah so that's the lovely story of this dick the tossed salad and the scrambled egg a tossed salad a scrambled egg well, I think that he is showing red flags early on, and I think that he is tossed salad. I think he had a lot of uh, mental health issues springing from a lot of abuse and probably genetics, and then he took that on and uh, used and abused people in the ways that he could. Yeah. I mean, he's like a classic case of psychopathy like i just yeah i don't think i just don't think that he in his like in his mind he like he doesn't think he did anything wrong like he doesn't understand he like legitimately doesn't understand that he did something wrong is that true or is he just like manipulating people is it just another like manipulation like originally he was like okay well yeah i'll take the plea deal because i know i'm fucked kind of like oh i'll admit that i did wrong like i'll admit that i tricked all these people because now i'm fucked and then by the end of it he's like oh i didn't mean to like say that like it wasn't me like he's blaming other people all the time yeah oh i'm gonna blame the packing peanuts oh i'm (laughs) gonna blame like the halidol oh i'm gonna blame you know my childhood it's just like always it's like never his fault it's always right. something else right well and I, yeah i agree and i also think a part of that is like he has zero empathy so like you said he's using people as pawns and like to him like life is just a fucked up game of like yeah. how do like how do i get on top how do i make myself how do i like trick people mm-hmm. just to see that i can trick people because that makes me feel powerful yeah Ooh, that yeah. guy is icky, and I'm glad he's still locked up. Yep. I wonder what his bowl cut's looking like now. Look, if you need to wash your bowl cut, oh, try Humblebee Herbal's shampoo bars. You guys, they are amazing. They'll leave your hair feeling conditioned and so good. Your hair will be super shiny and well cared for. We don't need a million bottles that we get rid of all the time for shampoo and conditioner and whatever. All you need is a shampoo bar finished with a hair balm. Just like a very little bit goes a long way. And I should know because I have long ass curly hair. You just like take a little bit of the ends of your hair and your hair will look amazing and feel amazing and smell amazing. Try a shampoo bar, try the hair balm. Check them out. HumbleBeHerbal.com. Promo code CRIMINY20 for 20% off your first order. And if you've got a wispy mustache that you want to take away, you should check out their shaving soap. Take them. Or style. <laughs> or style. If you want to. Mustache wax. Yeah, if you want to style it, they've got mustache. Mush. 
Why Lush can I not stash. say mustache? Mustache wax. And they've because got... your ample mustache is getting mm, in the way. You need to wax it I back. I do. I need to wax it back. So if you want to style your wispy mustache or shave that thing off, check out the products at Humble Bee Herbal. They're great you products. You will love it. You will love it. You won't be disappointed. Check them out. HumbleBeeHerbal.com. Code CRIMINY20 at checkout. Humblebeerable. Humblebeerable.com. Let's be like a bee. Okay, ready for some crime sakes? And now for the portion that we like to call crime sakes, where we tell you silly stories about crime that make you forget the terrible things we just told you. Get your bowl cuts on tight. We've got some cranberry sauce. Make sure you tug it in the back a little bit so you got that long back and that Why short bang. Why is it wig? You're tugging it in the <laughs> I back. Know, with I know, I am. That's what, I, that's what it looks like. It's like you, you guys, put a bowl cut wig seriously? on, and then you tug the back so the bangs go up, the back goes down. We'll have to put him on Instagram because he is like something else. You are not gonna believe it. Okay, so I have this story for. Crime sakes. It's not really a crime, but it was such an amazing story. That's right. Tell it. Okay. This one I got from a website called Consequence.net. Uh-oh. Kale Bell, 12-year-old DJ and all-ages legend, what? had his equipment confiscated after hosting a rave in the school bathroom. <gasps> in the bathroom? How big is their bathroom? As his mother, Louise Bell, related on Facebook... The saga began about two weeks ago when the budding turntablist sent out a Snapchat announcing <gasps> announcement inviting all the boys from year eight at St. Anthony's Catholic College oh. in Manchester, UK. Wow. Together, they held an impromptu dance fest in the boys' lavatory <laughs> during lunch period on December 11th. The set included complimentary soft drinks and wow. Cadbury twirls, which I don't know what they are, but they sound fun. Wow, he like orchestrated this whole thing. <laughs> and while a school bathroom is a below average setting for a, such a lunch, it is certainly cleaner than your typical rave. The set. I was just thinking that actually. <laughs> the set lasted thirty minutes. The set. Oh my god. <laughs> before anti-fun authorities broke it up. How did it go on for that long? <laughs> Bell's mother said that the boys' speaker and lights had been impounded. Although she did not herself punish him. How did he bring speakers, <laughs> lights, turntables, drinks, and snacks into the bathroom it's and a, nobody it's knew? A clever boy. The, she said, in, uh, in fact, she enjoyed the spirit of it all and wrote, am I wrong for finding this funny? No, not at all. In an interview with The Mirror, she said, I had to laugh. It's been a terrible year and I couldn't be angry with my son for trying to spread some cheer. When I got the call, it made perfect sense. Kale had been up, dressed and ready to leave for school early that morning, which was unheard of in our house. He had the biggest smile on his face, so I knew he had something up his sleeve. I asked him what he was so happy about, and he told me they were having a rave in school. I thought nothing of it. I didn't think for one minute... How do you not think anything of someone saying we're going to have a rave in Catholic school? Well, she said, I thought nothing of it. I didn't think for one minute there was any truth to it. Oh, okay. But when I heard what Kale had done, from advertising the rave on Snapchat to actually pulling it off and even providing refreshments. That's amazing. I couldn't help but see the funny side. Kale's dad thought it was hysterical. He said, go on, son. We did have a conversation about whether or not we should be angry, but how could we be? I wonder if he charged. 
Probably not. Wow, that's amazing. So we need more kale bells in our life. Love that story. I love that story. Ugh. God. Well, I think that we could end it on that note. That was even. a great note that to end like, it. That was like, let's all be a little kale bell. Let's all be a kale bell and have raves in our bathrooms to bring joy. That's so great. So thanks for tuning in again. And we will be back in a, in two weeks. Yeah, every other week. Every other week. We'll be back with another story. And check us out. Rate, review, subscribe. Check out our Instagram. Email us at crimeanypodcast at gmail.com. Do whatever you gotta do. Check out our sponsor, humblebeherbal.com. Buy yourself some nice stuff. Buy someone else something nice. Yeah, stay safe. Stay sane and throw yourself a rave. Do a bathroom rave. Woo, bathroom (laughs) rave. Goodbye. Beautiful turtle people. Morphed her huge teeth out. Get your bowl cuts on tight.